Here we go. The program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. Yes. Allow me to puff as well. Those are some powerful herbs. Giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not getting visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, so are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on one second here. The Jackal. All right, I'm back live right here on PSN Radio. Thank you for joining me on this very beautiful July 21st, 2019. Bless you all for uh, spending your time with me. I know that uh, Sunday nights are usually sacred for most of you, and uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, have you inside the big old noggin here inside the jackal's head and uh, tonight we have a great show i have a fantastic guest jaffy writer is going to be on the show tonight he's a gentleman who just had me on his podcast recently great guy you're gonna love him we uh we're gonna do about a two-hour episode with him and uh it's gonna be a whole lot of fun hopefully everybody's uh you know had a great evening tonight i know that uh I've had a lovely one. I just uh, came in from walking the dog, which is exciting. Tito, my uh, little, um, you know, pup, wants to uh, say hi to everybody, but I have him trained not to bark. He's in the background right here. I'm going to take some photographs and uh, of uh, Tito, and I'm going to post them on the website. By the way, the website is www. Inside the jackal's head, right? But it's, uh, we, we, you know, lost that one. So it's actually www.thejackalshead.com. So if you guys want to check out the podcast later, want to download the MP3, do all that cool stuff, just go to www.thejackalshead.com. And, of course, you're listening live on PSN Radio soon. We're going to be live once again on SoFlow Radio. And uh been working with George. Check out SoFlowRadio.com. We've rebuilt that website, and it's looking fantastic, if I may say so myself. So shout-outs to George and all the good folks over on SoFlow Radio. But tonight, I have a couple audio clips I want to get to also because... Uh, like I said, uh, not only we're gonna, you know, uh, bring on guests from time to time, but I'm gonna, uh, talk about some politics, and I'm gonna get into entertainment, and I'm gonna, uh, get into a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because, uh, uh, again, this is inside my head. Let's see here, uh, I have some, uh, news on our favorite congresswoman, Alejandra Ocasio Cortez. You okay there, Pete? Oh, shout-outs to uh, Pete, who does the uh, production here for the show. You guys remember Pete from back in the day. He's uh, back with me, and uh, now he's silent, Pete. We don't talk to him, or he doesn't talk to us. He's behind a very large 
glass screen so he cannot be heard because we got so many complaints from him just, you know, coming in and dropping his two cents that whenever we decided to come back on here, we were like, all right, Pete, you got to be silent, Pete, from now on. So, um, Pete, I'm sorry, buddy, but, you know, the fans get their way and uh, they all complain about you. So, uh, shout out to Pete, though. He's in the, he's doing a good job. He's a great intern. You know, it's funny because, uh, that's what George used to do. He used to produce for Neil back in the day, and that's how I, I came to know of George from Soflo Radio from his days with the uh, legendary Neil Rogers of, uh, WIOD, then of 560 WQAM, right here in the city of Miami, where I am located at. And uh, I don't know how how long I'm going to be here. Now, just to uh, keep catching you, uh, you know, the speed here, because uh, I've been away for a long time, and this is only the second show back. So I still kind of want to give you guys an inside to inside, the jackal said. By the way, if you hear any random noises, that's Tito in the background. That's my pup, my little doggy. I uh, can't do anything about that. You know, he wags the tail, hits shit. Like uh, Barf said in Spaceballs, you know, it's got a mind of its own. So you're going to probably hear a noise between the background. It's it's not a ghost. We don't have uh, Patrick Swayze in the background trying to make some pottery out of clay or anything like that. So it's uh, just my dog, Tito. And I, I don't mean like, you know, dog, like when we're in the hood and we're like, yo, that's my dog. And it's a guy, or, or that's my that's my female dog. I don't know to not say the B word, but that that's not what that is. Is actual he's an actual canine, and uh, he uh, he's YouTube famous. I think I have a video on him on YouTube. But either way, I'm gonna post uh, some uh, pictures and maybe some photos on the official website, thejackalsaid.com, and. Uh, by the way, if you guys go to that website in the next few days, it looks a little different from what it looks now. Don't worry, I'm refixing it up. We are, we're having a server uh, switch on uh, GoDaddy, and uh, for maybe a day or so, there's going to be some kind of uh, mix-up with the URLs. But everything is cool. With, you know, they uh, they upgraded our server, and because of an upgrade. Uh, let's say I pay a hundred bucks per website that we have under our control. Um, we gotta kind of like rebuild it ourselves. If now we give them a hundred bucks and they do the work for us. We don't want that because I don't want to like have to pay somebody a hundred bucks. So I'll do the you know stuff myself. So if you guys see anything that doesn't look right in there, so from what you've seen, don't panic. It's cool. That's the way it is. Stuff happens, but uh, it's uh, it's interesting because now the new server actually is running a lot faster. So, shout outs to a GoDaddy for doing a really really good job on the new server, and it's a dedicated server, so we're gonna have more input on the stuff we get upload, like video content and uh, music content and all that good stuff. Uh, so, shout outs to them. Also, want to give a quick shout out to a, a fabulous company down here in Florida, who I just bought a new vehicle from, L.A. Motors. You know, they're, uh, they, they're um, about 20 minutes from I'm staying at right now. I recently went over there and checked out a couple cars they had, and 
absolutely fell in love with the uh, ownership. Fantastic folks. Uh, I dealt with Anna mostly. Uh, her, her husband uh, is the first person I made con- uh, contact with. And uh, then I uh, you know, spoke to Anna when I got there, Dylan and, and Anna. And uh, I got me a Passat. Uh, and I am extremely happy with it. It was a fantastic purchase. So if you guys are in town, check out LA Motors. Um, I'm, I'm going to post their uh, link on the uh, description later so you can check out the website. They have, uh, you know, it's a small little dealership. As you guys know, I sell cars for a living as well. And, uh, well, I did for about 15 years. I, I'm taking this year off because I needed a break and, uh, Speaking of which, I'll get to that in a little bit, but um, I love the, the Passat. I used to work at Volkswagen for a while, and uh, Passats are really good cars, man. They really are, and uh, I was looking at a uh, different car they had uh, posted, I think it was on Facebook when I saw them, and I went and saw the car. It was nice, but it had a, a couple issues that I didn't want to deal with. And uh, knowing the industry, I know what's good to get into and what's not. And um, so I didn't really, you know, dig the first car uh, that I saw. But then I saw the Passat, and I remember, listen, I worked at Volkswagen. I know this vehicle very well. And uh, it's a fantastic car. And in 2014, I got an excellent deal for it. So, again, uh, when you guys go to my website, I'm going to post more information on LA Motors and uh, if you're in the Miami uh, Homestead area, check them out if you're looking for a car. I highly recommend them. Now, moving on to a break. Not a commercial break, but an actual break. I have a break in my back. And I'm not kidding. I actually, I went uh, about a week and a half ago to get an MRI because I've been in, in extreme pain for the last uh, few months uh, after I had a car accident, which is funny because I had the car accident. It was on April. Uh, the moment it happened, I felt kind of weird and, and woozy, but I, I, I wasn't experiencing a, a great deal of pain, you know. And that night when I got home, I, I couldn't really get up. I was like, oh, my God, my, my back is killing me. And um, I thought I re-injured maybe an old injury or something. Uh, I've, you know, I've had a couple of accidents before that were not my fault. You know, I didn't get tickets or anything. And, uh, the accident in April, nobody got a ticket. The dude who was, uh, the one who hit me told the officer that he swerved into the lane. He hit me. It's obvious when you look at the car that he hit me. I mean, I, I even had my GPS on because I was, ironically enough, on my way to see a car, which I never ended up buying, uh, never ended up making the actual uh, uh, place because they closed up by the time I was done with this accident. Um, so he tells the officer in front of me that, uh, you know, that, yeah, he swerved into the lane, he hit me, he thought I was leaving the lane, which I wasn't, because I was like 15, 20 minutes away from even needing to move, and I'm in the middle lane. So I had no reason to go anywhere. I was not swerving, I was not drunk, because I don't drink, wasn't high, I wasn't smoking or anything. I was just, you know, driving along, minding my own business, 
dude hits me. He was trying to cut me off because he was trying to get into the exit. Then he tells the officer again in front of me, uh, yeah, uh, I was, you know, trying to get into the lane and uh, get the exit because I was on my way to work and uh, I, I hit him. I didn't see him. I thought maybe uh, he, w- he was trying to move to the next lane. Now, mind you, I was driving a Kia Soul, very small car. Uh, there's no way that this dude, you know, is going to miss hitting my car. He had a Cadillac. But my car is so tiny that you either have to be an imbecile to actually hit it. it, it it's a little bit larger, yeah, Pete. And you know you're right, Pete's telling me, what, since it's like an electric car? It's a little bit larger than an, an electric car, the Kia Soul. By the way, they're fantastic cars. Kia's making great vehicles. But um, ironically enough, uh, it's a tiny car. It's not, it's not a big car. So if you're paying attention and you know how to drive, it's easy to miss when you're trying to get into a lane. Well, this guy is so stupid, and I was on cruise control, but he he was trying to get into the lane, slams right into the front of my car with the back of his car. Okay? And that's what he tells the uh, the officer. The excuse for not giving him a ticket well, there was no witnesses, and I, I wasn't here to see it, so I can't give anybody a ticket. Y'all could see each other in court. That's what the uh, officer said. Now, the officer was very, you know, polite on giving me that bullshit answer, and I, I told him, um, well, sir, I understand there's no witnesses, but he just told you that he hit me, and I have my GPS to prove that my car was going straight. Like, you know, the GPS tracks pretty much now every inch of our lives. Um, and there's no reason for him to, like, walk away without a ticket. But no, the cop didn't give him a ticket. So uh, I have, uh, you know, a, a, a good lawyer on the case right now we're working on trying to see where that goes. But in the meantime, I've been dealing with terrible back pains, which have avoided me from work again. So, again, I'm taking the rest of the year off because screw it, man, I need the other time to maybe heal. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but my Kia is all messed up, so uh, I went and bought me a Passat, and I'm uh, totally into the car. It's great. I just got back into the uh, the house here, which is uh, my uh, temporary place of residence. Um, the podcast is being done in a place different than it had been done before, because I'm crashing in my dad's house. So uh, the audio acoustics might not be what you're, you're used to. Definitely the voice is going to be you know, something you have to get used to because this is what I sound like now. Thyroid issues you know, do this to you, but uh, if you listen to the podcast uh, from day one to now, you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, it's cool, man. I'm, you know, I'm getting used to it. It's getting better. Uh, it was really bad a few months ago, about a year ago. In fact, it's funny, I was talking to Jaffe and uh, before the show, and, and he mentioned, he's like, hey, your voice is getting better from what it was, because you heard me a few months ago, and uh, I was not doing good. And just from then to now, it's gotten a whole lot better. And I, it's, you know, just one of those things where I just got to keep self-healing, doing the right things, uh, honey with lime and, and tea and all that kind of stuff does wonders for the throat. Uh, 
thyroid-wise, you know, it's a little tricky because the thyroid gland is outside of the throat canal. So, you know, you can drink all the honey you want. It's only going to affect the gargling. It's not going to affect the actual thyroid, but uh, that's something I'm dealing with. So on top of that, I now have officially a broken back. Like I said, I went to get an MRI, and I got the results back. And, um, yeah, it's broken. It is actually officially cracked. And on the 27th, I got to go and, uh, well, see a specialist. They're going to tell me if I need back surgery. And uh, it's funny because the doctor said I need a bacchiotomy, whatever that means. I don't know what that means either, but... Uh, all I gotta say is I'm not looking forward to possibly having back surgery. Nope. That's something I'm gonna look that I'm actually looking forward to. Nope. No, no, no. Uh, but hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. I do, uh, I am in a lot of pain though, uh, which is messed up because I can't sleep sometimes because it hurts. It, you know, actually walking is not too bad, which it's, I, I thought it would be the other way around. Uh, but I can't, you know, lay down for too long, sit down for too long. Uh, so that kind of sucks. Uh, but other than that, you know, gotta do what you gotta do, man. And you just uh, gotta move forward. And if they uh, say surgery's needed, well, by the hell with it, I guess I'll have surgery. But check this out. I have, like I said, a couple of audio clips I wanted to get to before we move on to our guest, Jaffe Ryder, who, uh, is a, a fantastic dude, and you guys are going to love this guy. I'm telling you, he's a, a great guest and a great host. Uh, one thing I, I, one of the uh, clips I want to play here is from Illinois, Democrat and ex-ICE Chief Hoffman. Uh, his name is, and I kid you not, this is uh, the name of the gentleman, uh, Horman Spar. Horman? Yeah, Horman or yeah, Horman, Horman. Uh, okay, he is the ex uh, chief of ICE, and uh, he's uh, attending a hearing in Congress about child migrants, uh, because of course you know we have um, Al Green, who was trying to impeach the president. Now, Al Green is one of the dumbest individuals. Uh, you, you're ever going to uh, see in Congress. I mean, this guy, it, and I hate to use the word, but let's just say he is, yeah, the, the guy's just a little bit, just to say he's not all there. I mean, he actually thought he could impeach Trump. On no grounds, this guy actually went and, and lost his mind. I mean, he flipped out and said, uh, we're going to get Trump and we're going to impeach Trump because why? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know why, but we're going to impeach him. There's no reason to, but it's going to happen. We, we we must impeach the president for absolutely uh, no reason, right? No no reason. I mean, <laughs> no, there, there's plenty of reason. No, Mr. Green, there was absolutely no reason. And, uh, in fact, the Mueller report actually proved that. I'm listening to you. You're crazy. And it proved that uh, there was no collusion, right? No no obstruction of justice. Now, here's the crazy thing. And this is what folks don't understand. 
the left right now has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? They think that they can invent a narrative that most of America are going to uh, flip and follow, and they think they're going to uh, address the this Mueller report like something officially happened. But you got to understand, a lot of this stuff might be made up. In fact, from the looks of it, the whole thing was made up. So while there's you know stuff in there like, oh, well, he spoke supposedly to this person or that person, and uh, he said this or that. The point is, all that is nonsense. None of that happened. It's a bot, fake dossier paid for by the Clinton Foundation, by Hillary Clinton herself. Uh, it was a complete hoax from the beginning. Most of the the information in there is made up. And, and everything in the uh, initial report is based on hearsay, third-party information, fourth-party information, made-up shit, okay? So you cannot impeach a president just because somebody made up some shit, and in that made-up shit, well, it kind of looks like there's, uh, you know, a word that might lead to some kind of obstruction. You can't do that. Now, in this country, we have something called innocent till proven guilty, right? You have to go through court systems, you know, have a case. You cannot bring up, up a case on made-up shit, which is where that dossier was paid by Hillary Clinton. Let's just put it in an honest table and say, this is what happened. Hillary Clinton wanted to fuck Donald Trump over because he beat her. So she went to her Russian comrades paid for this dossier through that steel fella from, uh, I think he's, what, British? Right? And, uh, well, it's hysterical how you have idiots like uh, Al Green now talking about child migrants in the border. Now they're starting to get it, right? The whole border thing. Trump had been talking about this being a crisis for how long now? And now the Democrats are starting to talk about it like it's a crisis. Now is when they're trying to address this. And they're trying to address ICE. And I hate the tone that they, they use on these officers because these guys are putting their lives on the line. Okay? The ICE uh, guys, by the way, a lot of them are Latino. So for those of you who are like, oh, well, they're all racist, white guys. No, a lot of them, in fact, the majority of the ICE uh, folks at the border, in you know, a lot of the border agents are Latino. And uh, by the way, being Latino is not a race. This is a misconception. People say the president's racist because he's talking about illegals. Latinos, he wants to deport you, Jackal. No, the president, and no time was to deport me. Why? Because I'm a legal citizen. I got into this country legally. Okay, I was a resident for years, and I became a citizen. Did it all legal. There's a big difference between being here legally 
and illegally, which is another clip I'm going to get to in a second here with our favorite uh, dimwit in Congress, Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez, or as the president likes calling her, Miss Cortez. And, uh, of course, she is of the uh, the, the Four Stooges, or <clears throat> the, the squad. That's Yeah, they call them the squad. I like to prefer, I prefer calling them the fraud squad. That's what I like to call those four, the fraud squad, which really should include uh, Nasty Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Chimmer, Schumer, Shithead, or whatever, uh, and a bunch of other morons. Cory Booger, who's uh, yeah, Booger, that guy, Picker, uh, who is running for president, supposedly, uh, who speaks the worst Spanish ever. I wish I had that clip, but I'll get to it maybe, and uh, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, if you guys seen the Democratic uh, debate, when uh, Robert um, Beto, Beto, whatever his name is, Robert O'Rourke, uh, started speaking Spanish, if you look at Cory Booger's face, his eyes were popping out the socket, and he was like, how dare he speak Spanish? That was going to be my shtick. And then he went on to speak the worst Spanish I have ever heard, and I, I'm Latino, I speak perfecto español, okay, hablo español bien perfecto, yo sé todo que tengo que decir sin problema, now, that's not how he sounded, he was more like, poker el corral, mucho uh, presidente mexicanos, and uh, mucho tacos, and me, and our Presidente Racista Cory Booger at its finest. It's funny because that entire debate was nonsense. Nobody wanted that shit. But the President he wasn't even there. He didn't speak. And at the end of the day, the Democratic debate. He won that motherfucker. He won it. He won the Democratic debate without even being there. That's how good Donald Trump is. Or that's how bad these uh, folks on the left running are. Either or, it's uh, still pretty damn funny. But check out this clip. Uh, this is from the, uh, the Congress itself. Al Green, once again, making an ass out of himself. Mr. Holman. I'm a father. Do you have children? How can you possibly allow this to happen under your watch? Do you not care? Is it because these children don't look like children that are around you? I don't get it. Have you ever held a deceased child in your arms? First of all, your comments are disgusting. I've served my country. I've served my country. I've served my country for 34 years. I find your country This is out of control. I've served my country for 34 years, and yes, I held a five-year-old boy in my arms. That in back of that tractor trailer, I knelt down beside him and said a prayer for him because I knew what his last 30 minutes of his life were like, and I had a five-year-old son at the time. What I've been trying to do my 34 years serving my nation is to save lives. So for you to sit there and insult my integrity and my love for my country. And for, the, and for children, that's why this whole thing needs to be fixed. And you're the member of Congress. We agree on that. Fix it. We agree on that. But I disagree. But I also oh, no, disagree oh, oh, with your characterization of immigrants. Gentlemen, time has expired. Mr. It's Mr. my time now. Mr. Chair. 
Now, Al Green needs to pack his bags and get the hell out of Congress. This man is disgusting. I mean, how dare he make a comment like that? These guys, you know, they they put their lives on the line. They, you know, patrol our country to make sure that it stays safe. You know, we enjoy a democracy here in America because of our uh, armed forces, military, marines, the border patrol agents, ICE. That's why we have a great country, because of our protection from the outside world, which is always in conflict. Okay, let's be real about this. You know why people want to come to America? Because it's fucking safe here. It's a great country. Okay, and for him to get this person in and try to shit on him and say something like, have you ever held a a child in your hands who doesn't look like you? That is so racist because... You know, they deal with folks that don't look like them all the time. Shame on Al Green. He's the racist for even saying that. And I hope now that the uh, elections are coming back up in, in the next 18 months, I hope everybody who goes out and votes, votes idiots like Al Green out of Congress. He doesn't deserve to have any position of any kind of power. That man is a racist, a race baiter, he's a moron, and uh, to be honest with you, he does not belong anywhere near any position of power. He belongs getting the hell out of here. If he doesn't like the democracy that we have in this country, because he's a, he's a socialist, okay? He's not a, a a conservative, he's not an independent, he's not down the middle. This guy is an extreme socialist, he wants socialism, right? He is one of these far-left fraud squad members that I talk about, and I'm going to be talking about. There's a bigger squad here than just the four that the president's mentioned. The fraud squad is large, and these fraudulent people have you know, Trojan horse their way into Congress, and now they're trying to destroy the country from within, and what they're trying to do is disgusting. Attacking people like uh, the ex-chief of ICE, who did nothing but a, a fantastic job. Mr. Horman, bless you, sir, for your work and for your kind, uh, uh, you know, service to immigrants, illegals that have come to this country. The term illegal means, yeah, they weren't here illegally. Right? But yet these folks go out of their way. Sometimes paying out of pocket, like you said. Like you said before. And, uh, you know, I've seen officers do this myself where they out of pocket buy things for others. Because there's not enough funding. And the Democrats, the liberals in Congress could have helped that. They didn't pass in the bill a few months uh, back when it was there for them to pass it. To give more resources to help ease what's going on at the border. Because yes, there is a, humanita- a humanitarian crisis at the border. Nobody's denying that now. But back then they were like, oh, it's a made up manufactured crisis. It's all Trump made up. 
And President Trump was like, now, nah, guys, <laughs> this is real. There's an actual crisis, not enough funding. We, we need money for, you know, beds. and Oh, you don't need beds. Uh, you, we need beds, diapers, food. Now it's all manufactured. Remember that, guys? Remember that was the narrative from nasty Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Shithead Schumer, and uh, everybody on the left, uh, AOC, and all these babbling idiots, Omar, uh, Irham, Omar, and all these morons, the fraud squad. Remember when they're saying, "Oh, it's manufactured." Trump is lying to. You. Remember that? Trump is lying. He's manufactured. No. There's no manufactured anything. What's manufactured is Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez's fake tears when she went to the border. And she took some photographs in front of an empty lot. And she cried and cried. And then when the photos got revealed that she was crying to an empty parking lot. And she was doing it for publicity. For a photo opportunity. Remember, she was called out for that. So she had to go back and then pretend that people were, you know, they were in such terrible conditions. They were drinking out of the toilet, she said. Not on my watch. Remember that? We're going to do something about this. Lady, you had a chance to do something. You did nothing. AOC is one of the biggest morons to ever have any position in politics. Period. She, Al Green, I mean, I don't know if they're just evil and they're doing this on purpose, or they're actually this damn stupid. You fucking idiot. I mean, this woman knows nothing. And this is more proof. Check this out. This is again the, the ex ICE chief explaining to Alejandra Ocasio Cortez the difference bet- between legal and illegal immigration. Now you would think that she would know this being a congresswoman, being the new face on the left. Apparently not. Check this audio out. It's mind boggling. This woman that's anywhere in Congress. Zero tolerance was interpreted as the policy that separated children from their If parents. I get arrested for DUI and I have a young child in a car, I'm going to be separated. When I was a police officer in New York and I arrested a father for domestic violence, I separated that Mr. father from Mr. Holman, his with all due respect, legal asylees are not charged with any crime. When you're in the country illegally, it's violation 8 United States Code 1325. Seeking asylum is legal. If you want to seek asylum, go through the port of entry, do it the legal way. The Attorney General of the United States has made that clear. Okay. You dirty rat. Legal asylum versus illegal asylum. Just, uh, I mean, the, this is how stupid... AOC is, it's illegal immigrants. The word illegal, right, is is there for a reason. It's not there just because it looks pretty, you know, before it. It's not there because 
you know, it just rhymes good or it just goes well with the rest of the text. No, it actually has a meaning. It means they're here illegally. Now, I'm an immigrant, okay, and uh, I understand why folks want to get into this country. Again, because I love this country, and I know how great it is. And I understand that people want to get here because they want to share and they want to be part of what's happening here in America. And God bless you. I hope that every one of y'all make it the legal route. Not the illegal route, but the actual legal route. Because being here legally is the only way to do it. I mean, it's amazing to me that this is even a discussion or or even a a point of, like, you know, of uh, such a big deal when for the last, oh, I don't know, uh, let's see, 20 years, this has been talked about. I mean, this is not like the first time that anybody's discussed this, by the way. Bill Clinton, you know that, you know, we need to do something about the uh, border. Uh, when he ran, he spoke about, you know, needing to tighten up the borders. And this is, by the way, guys, this is all stuff you can find on the internet. That's the great thing about YouTube and the interwebs. You can find all this for yourself and do the research. Don't take my word for it. Type in Bill Clinton border. When he ran, he spoke about, you know, the, there is a border issue. That, this, this has been going on for a long time. Where do you think the hard drugs are coming from? Okay? Trump is not the first president to talk about this. Bush Jr. talked about it. The left messiah, Barack Obama, even spoke about it. In fact, that was a major issue in this platform when he ran for president. Of course, he then flip-flopped like he did for most of the uh, things that he uh, run, ran on. And it became, uh, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to pay attention to whoever wants to come in because I personally don't care. And me and Michelle, we're going to go to Cuba. And we're going to have some fun in Cuba. Instead of taking care of our border. That's what happened with Barack Obama. Remember when he went to Cuba? Right? And he uh, was there dancing in uh, some TV shows. Now, you probably uh, didn't see that. You know, especially if you are an English-speaking person. And uh, you don't watch uh, a lot of the Spanish, uh, you know, news coverage. Or TV shows in general, but they covered the hell out of that, and he went on Cuban TV. He wasn't just doing some political stuff. He actually showed up on some Cuban TV, showed up on some sketch comedy shows from Cuba, and then when he left, literally nothing happened. There were no big changes in the way the, uh, the communism was working there. In fact, all they did was they opened the border so more Cubans can come in and out of the country easier. That's all they did that happened. And uh, tourism, you know, went up in Cuba because now it's easier to go in and out of the country. 
And uh, all that did was help the Castro regime and the Cuban uh, government. Did nothing for us at all. And I'm Cuban, but when I say us, I'm talking about the uh, United States because I am Cuban-born, but I'm an American citizen. Okay, and I defend this country first. And Barack Obama did this country no favors at all when he went to Cuba. But nobody on the left said anything when he was shaking rumps with uh, communists, with bad guys. Okay, nobody said anything. Everybody's like, yeah, that's changed. See, he's he's opening up a, a dialogue. Well, why didn't they say that about uh, Trump when he went to uh, North Korea and talked to uh, Kim Jong-un and crossed that line? By the way, the first president of the United States history to ever go to North Korea and cross the line. And not cross the line in a bad way, but I'm talking about cross the line between South and North Korea. And um, it, it was just a mind-blowing experience to see that. Okay, and it, it look, if it helps ease tension in that region, if it helps not have a nuclear fallout, I'm all for it. But let's not be hypocritical here. Okay, let's not, you know, bash Trump because he's trying to keep peace and not bash Obama for going to Cuba and getting nothing accomplished. Which is what exactly is happening. But there's been a border crisis for years. Every single president has addressed it. But yet, Trump is the racist. And I'm going to circle back here and just let you know one thing. Mexico is not full of a single race. When you say Mexico or Mexicans, and, uh, you know, you're talking, you're talking about white Mexicans, dark Mexicans, Indian looking Mexicans. So when, when he's saying people are illegally crossing the border, how is that racist? Who exactly is he talking about? The, the light skinned Mexicans? Dark skinned Mexicans? Indian looking Mexicans? The Asian? Because they have some uh, very Asian-looking uh, brothers over there in Mexico also. So who exactly is he being racist towards? I mean, it's not just Mexicans coming through the border. It's Latin America. You know, they're bombarding the border. They're being taken there. And thanks to actually Mexico who stepped it up, uh, now it's starting to, you know, calm down a little bit, but there's only so much they can do. And do we need a wall? Goddamn right we need a wall. We need to protect our border. The president is 100% correct. If you don't protect your border, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. That's a fact. Okay, and if you can't deal with that, well, you know, too bad. If you hate this country, pack your bags, just leave. There's some racist about saying that. And I, it pisses me off to see audio 
uh, of people like, you know, trying to address the president like he's a racist because in a rally, people were chanting to, you know, to send her back. He didn't even say, it wasn't Trump who said it, it was the crowd who was saying, send her back, send her back, right? But though there's nothing racist about that. They're talking about Omar, Ilham Omar, who is not American-born, she's a naturalized citizen. She got to this country illegally, by the way, through a fraudulent marriage, and that whole thing, when it starts to blow up, she might face prison time. Okay, and uh, she's part of the fraud squad, uh, the the four stooges, uh, who then cried out, "Oh well, he is so racist for making fun of us and telling everybody to send me back." He never said to send you back. The crowd chanted it. I've seen the video, and this is how they lie and they twist things. All the president said was, hey, if you don't like it here, go back to your country and uh, fix the mess that is your country because that's what they're, you know, that's why they're coming here, right? Because their country's a shithole. It's a mess. So they come to this country to escape that and then they bring their hate and their negativity towards this country. That boggles the mind. So when the president said that, the rally went crazy. Nothing racist about that. By the way, hashtag, I stand with Trump, because I goddamn do. And I will be voting for the president once again in 2020. Guys, we'll be back in a few minutes with our guest, Jaffe Ryder. And once again, please stick around. It's going to be a fantastic show. He is, uh, again, a good friend of the Inside the Jackleton. And I, I have a feeling... He's going to uh, get political. I just have that feeling tonight. Uh, he's a good friend of uh, Inside the Jackal's head of the show and of myself, Angel Espino the Jackal. And uh, again, uh, it is July 21st, 2019, and we are going to be right back. Stick around. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy <laughs> That was yeah. Yeah. 10 seconds of, uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying object. Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. The George Rodriguez Show. I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? 
Oh, he's a short little Cuban fella. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Perfect skin. A flawless smile. What's her secret? I go for a run every morning. And I don't eat meat, dairy, or food. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's a crazy time. Tussled hair. A carefree glow. How does she make it look so effortless? I have an intern, two assistants, a life coach, a dog walker, a stylist, a dog stylist, and a body double who lives my life when I want to take a break. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's a team of 20. Impossible lashes, a sparkle in her eye. What's in her bag? Pills. I'm on a massive amount of pills. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe prescription. Go ahead, ask her. I get regular massages. And I don't speak to my family. I don't drink, do drugs, or socialize. All I need is my nightly glass of wine. In five hours of psychoanalysis. Tell us your secret. My secret? I have a great chiropractor. And 80 grand in student debt. My secret? I take a multivitamin and have sex with strangers. I stay young at heart. And I sell my eggs on eBay. I use Maybelline makeup. That's it. Nothing else. Just Maybelline. And I drink lamb's blood for vitality. Maybe she's born with it. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. Remembering times like no other, I would sit, think of my friends so long ago. How did we lose touch? We must have changed Running too fast to know I would do anything To get back those days I know what to say Ryder comes live to 
to us from uh, Korea, where he lives currently. Now, he is a Canadian expat, freelance journalist, live streamer, independent musician, media promoter, heck of a nice guy. Plus, he's a podcaster like I am over here on Inside the Jackal Said. He has a really cool show themed all around pirate radio. And uh, yes, I mean pirates like the Pirates of the Seven Seas. But so much more, Jaffe Ryder. Thank you for being here with us. And I know you—you you, know—it's late where you are right now, or is it early? The, the other way around. It's about ten to two in the afternoon. Look at that. That's crazy times. You know, thank you for making some time for us this afternoon. I know you probably have a busy day over there. It is technically Sunday where you're at right now, right? Yeah, Sunday afternoon, and uh, you know, I've got a lot of work to do here, mostly online. The way things. Are, are looking, but, you know, we're good to go, and, and you know, thanks for the invite. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Now, I'll tell you what, it was uh, a pleasure to have you on this week. This is my second show back since I restarted the show, and I wanted to have you on, you know, way before, but I wasn't doing the show live. And uh, when I started up, I was like, i got to have Jaffe on. And then you invited me back on your show and did a couple episodes, and I was like, hey, that's cool. Now, you know, your show is unique. Obviously, it has a, whole, the, it has a pirate uh, theme to it. Uh, but let's rewind a little bit. You, you, you're a Canadian expat. Uh, how did you end up from Canada to Korea, for those listeners who have, you know, haven't heard your story before? How did that happen? Uh, flew across the ocean on one of those big modernized airplanes. It takes about, what, 10, 12 hours, and we were here. So, yeah. Well, that's the most technical Dundee. answer that I've ever gotten in my life. But uh, was it uh, at gunpoint, or <laughs> like, how did it, you know, uh, like, no. what got you like to the mind frame and said, "You're not gonna leave cold ass Canada for Korea." Yeah, <laughs> I was in Edmonton. Was the last place I lived, Edmonton, Alberta, and that was back in 2002. You know, I was working construction. I was doing some not so much telemarketing as we would we would call up and just I think it just had to do more with people's you know, spending habits or something along those lines. Very uh, very mundane. I didn't last long there. You have to read from prepared script, and I just didn't really. I'm not one who t- tends to stick to the the script too well. Usually, it it just it it depends, I guess, on the situation. But that was one where I was not going to be sticking to the script. Uh, I think singing a little of the Car Wash Blues as well, uh-huh. uh, downtown Edmonton there for, for a spell. And uh, just one day I came across this ad in a newspaper talking about uh, English, uh, you know, teaching English, these, this opportunity uh, that was available overseas, gave the number a call, and one thing led to another, uh, and we managed to get everything worked out, and I found myself packing up and, and heading over here with, with all my worldly belongings, my cat, of course, and, and the rest is history. Now, I already had an interest in, in the East and Asia and Asian philosophy to begin with, So uh, and as people may uh, have picked up on, hopefully by now, I, I didn't opt or choose, uh, opt for or choose Japan or China, and that was done for specific reasons. China, it was for political reasons, their treatment of Tibet over, uh, you know, through history, as well as the Falun Gong. Good God, man. I just recently saw an, uh, a documentary dealing with the harvesting of organs, what mm-hmm. goes on. Most people oh, have no terrible. idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Japan, I could see Fukushima uh, yep. coming at some mm-hmm. point. I, now, I didn't, I could see the tsunamis and I could see the earthquakes. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't work the whole nuclear end of things into the equation. But to me, looking at Japan, it's like, are you kidding? Like, you know, tsunamis <laughs> and earthquakes? I'm not going there. Uh-huh. <laughs> joking. Forget, I'll go for Korea, this, this largely, because, I mean, even most of the professional entertainers pass up Korea. Bob Dylan in his, what, 50-plus year career now musically has only been here once. Uh, I managed to catch him actually back in 2010, and that was only because I was in the dentist office at this particular time where I opened the newspaper and just this uh, this ad jumped out at me talking about how he was going to be visiting the country. So, uh, But, yeah, most professional entertainers pass by Korea uh, it's they're of a different mindset, really, I guess, than than what you find in in Japan and and even China. So, go figure. But yeah, it's been about do the math, uh, folks. I guess that was 2002, so you know, mm. 17 years now, and I haven't been back to Canada since 2007. And uh, you see yourself going back at any point? Not particularly. Uh, what for? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know. You know, I know we're settled in here with the with the wife and the two cats, and uh, you know we got the show on the go now, and you know things are life is pretty good, reasonably comfortable here. It's been in, interesting watching the history unfold here with with Trump and Kim Jong Un, and uh, as I like to say to people who listen to our show, the the overhead, the overflight traffic here, because I do live in the crosshairs where you typically find a lot of the military jets and the helicopters passing over, sure has quieted down a lot since Trump and Kim Jong-un decided to to make nice over over everything. So uh, we appreciate that. Smart move on Trump's part as well, too, I would say, because of the the saving to costs. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. And secondly, the environment. Is a no-brainer. It's the the air's a little bit cleaner. You can imagine. So, and who can argue with peace? Really, I guess, unless you want to make war. But. Now, you know, you're in Seoul, Korea, which is the capital of South Korea. But you know, it, over the years, you've been there for quite a, a, a while now. Has it gotten better since uh, uh, you know before Trump's administration, obviously? But you know, the tensions have you know you know been there for a long time. Uh, you know, can you just spill some of, of like the negativity between you know North Korea and South Korea that you know it may be blown out of proportion by us Westerners over here because it seems like Kim Jong Un really was kind of like uh, you know easy going when it came to you know meeting with Trump and you know they did the whole walk across the border and, and that whole stuff and Trump being the first president of the United States having. Across that border to North Korea, I mean the 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 overall climate between Koreans something that's cooled off now since that event with Trump happened. Yeah, just for the record, I don't exactly live in Seoul proper, so that's just something to to keep in mind. Uh, jump on one of the the bullet trains they have here. It takes about an hour and a half or so, and you're you make your way up into the big smoke. But look at the Olympics up. Uh, in Pyeongchang, the way mm-hmm. where things were located there up in the DMZ, to me that started uh, in my mind. I was able to see that. Well, what's the significance of this? What's going on here? And then, you know, because of the location there, so so close to the border, and then the two Koreas came into the with the opening ceremonies there uh, together, carrying 
the Korean flag, I guess is the word, neither north right. nor south, but the Korean flag, uh, just, just one flag, one people. And there's so over, since the war, yeah, there has been a lot of tension, a lot of hostility, a lot right. of animosity, accusations of, oh, these, you're, you're a communist and you're a North Korean sympathizer and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, the West has been making hay with so much when it comes, there's so much misinformation, misinformation, disinformation too, as you can likely imagine. Um, well, the fake news, <laughs> as we like to call it. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I got one really good example that I'd like to, you know, make clear to listeners. People try finding, try, you could try your best at finding the Lazarus effect. Do a web search on DuckDuckGo or even Google if you so choose. We try to stay away from Google as best we can, but, you know, DuckDuckGo. Don't blame me. <laughs> yeah. Of choice, the Lazarus effect, DPRK. How many times the dear leader, Kim Jong-un, has uh, executed either family members or, or rogue party members, that sort of thing? And and then the, the West has jumped all over it, just totally pumped it up, uh, you know, propagandizing the their audience, the people out there that subscribe to these uh, dying media outlets. Uh, and that with, with what has happened... Uh, lo and behold, as things turn out, they, more often than not, they end up magically coming back to life. That's why it's called the Lazarus Effect. Girlfriends and family members. There's been a couple uh, family members, uncles, I believe, mostly is what uh, stories I've heard, and then one or two girlfriends who just, the West has reported on, oh, geez, yeah, they were put in front of the firing squad. They were thrown to the dogs. They were, uh, they were you know, the most vicious and heinous barbaric way you could possibly imagine and uh truth of the matter is that no you're being lied to so be careful what you believe you know i'm sure there's sometimes where people are executed I, I i'm guessing but you know when and uh how where exactly is is anyone's guess so you just we just never know these things and uh just so much propaganda even my family back in the west oh god years ago you got to get out when you get out you get when you know it's things are going totally sideways over there aren't they and uh time to come back sort of deal and there's nothing much i could really do about things i pretty much made the decision long ago that uh if there ever was hostilities to break out i wouldn't be going anywhere anyways so uh just stay here and and I guess, uh, dig a foxhole or what have you and uh, take things from there. But I, I think so much of it really is theatrics when it comes right down to it. And they have more to gain through business agreements because if there ever was to be uh, significant violence or conflict break out on the peninsula, there'd be a lot of people dead within just a few short hours, like a staggering number. I'm quite, I'm quite certain uh, it's uh, not even something I really like to contemplate. But uh, yeah, things are, things yeah. th- things are good now, and Trump Trump is he's uh, he's played his Trump card on on this one, and has done a obviously a great job. One, you know, I've for the longest time now watching things unfold. Uh, we've talked about this on our show as well too. The whole business of not only we mentioned the Pyeongchang Olympics and the joint carrying the the Korea flag out to the opening ceremonies, but also uh, on the Joe Rogan experience uh, back well over almost two years ago now, really, that 
Pauly Shore, the comedian, appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience and talked about how kind of privately, off the record, Kim Jong-un had for the longest time uh, secretly admired Donald Trump. It was just, uh, it was just not politically feasible for him, uh, as you can imagine, to talk about right. that. Or, um, so there's always these back channels that, ex- that are open that exist, and, and uh, so long as people are willing to, you know, do business, to work together, that uh, progress can be made. So, and I think that's really the direction we see things going at the moment. So there's one other thing I was going to add to that now, but it's kind of slipped my mind. Uh, so we'll leave things there for the time being. Oh, just to be clear, going back to the beginning, you mentioned uh, pirate radio. Well, it's actually, you know, so many people don't quite get this. The entire uh, name of the show is Pirate Radio Podcasts, and right. we ourselves being just the flagship for the wider WPRPN.com network, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 out on the East Coast, uh, Tuesday and Friday nights. That's Wednesdays and Saturdays here in Tokyo and Seoul. Tuesday we have a new show, uh, and which is actually a, it's a pretty – typically we've been finding things. It, it runs for around three hours generally. If We try to not go any more over that. But there's just so many items to cover the, over the course of each week. And then uh, the Friday night featured show we have, typically we interview a guest for 90 minutes, and then we do a, a one-hour premium content, uh, what we call the Rogues Gallery after show. So, But, yeah, Pirate Radio Podcast, just to be clear. That's a lot, a lot of fun, by the way, the after show. <laughs> yeah, you've been there a couple times, I think, haven't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's almost as fun as being, you know, on the actual, you know, main show. But the, uh, the, the, what happens afterwards, folks? Priceless. We tend to let our hair down a little more and kind of kick back. Yes. And, and in fact, uh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was, I was just laughing at what you just said because I have no hair. <laughs> oh, I was just going to mention, speaking of, speaking of, of uh, pirates and the like, that you actually mentioned just a little earlier, this is kind of off the record behind the scenes, you have a pirate kind of a cosplay friend based out of, is, I'm not sure if he's probably Idaho originally. I don't know where he calls home these days, but uh, just a guess that you had in mind that you thought maybe when you mentioned his name and what he was all about, I immediately was thinking uh, our annual International Talk Like a Pirate Day, he'd be a good fit for that date uh, coming up. Oh, it would be perfect. Kevin, uh, the Idaho Jew, would be perfect for that. And, and uh, that's that really, you know, folks, that's his nickname. Now, he's over at SoFlo Radio for a while, and that's how I met him. He's uh, doing his own independent thing now. And uh, he's a great dude, but he's really, really into the the pirate life, the, the whole lore, mythology. And I wanted to get into that because, hey, if it ever gets really bad in Korea, if the tensions get really bad, you need to build a real pirate ship and take the uh, show on the road. And uh, that would be fantastic for the, for the show to actually be on the ocean, I should say. Take the well, show in the ocean. <laughs> we already, we already, we've already got things set up in that uh, capacity, believe it or not. So oh, nice. Our, our little uh, off, located just... Uh, short distance off of the peninsula here, our little uh, pirate hideaway that we've uh, carved out for ourselves. And anyone that uh, drops by Korea, although it's not really something I'd 
like to suggest or recommend. <laughs> well, mostly it's not because of the politics per se or the rising tensions uh, so much as the what you have to put up with coming through customs, the biometrics, the facial scan, the the fingerprinting end of things. Um, simply not not down with that whole business, of course. And I got a point I want to follow. Uh, kind of, I think, sort of dovetails with that as far as South Korea. Well, you know, there was a big march uh, parade, I guess, really, that was held just a couple of weeks ago uh, on behalf and in support of none other than uh, U.S. President Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I don't Do we... now, now, was was that widely covered in the Western mainstream media, other than Fox, maybe might have touched on it, but... These other, you know, the MSNBC and CNN, did they pick up on that? How the South Koreans, there was a, you know, pretty big parade uh, that took place. Was that, did they cover that or not? Uh, Fox covered uh, some of that, but of course, you know, you you get the other news outlets out of here that doesn't cover anything positive uh, when it comes to the president. Uh, If it's negative, they'll run it about 24-7, but anything positive, they just don't touch it. In fact, it's funny because it's not only uh, Korea that uh, become affectionate towards president. Uh, the, you know, Vietnamese Americans uh, recently uh, for his birthday, uh, not so much marched or, or anything like that, but they were president in front of the White House and they were supporting the president. And it was funny to see that you know it's uh, it really is a one-sided minority vocal. It's very loud uh, here in America that it's really hating on Trump. But when you look at the spectrum of, you know, the entire country and everybody has come over as, uh, you know, legally, it, it seems like his support has gone up big time over the last few years. And I know over in Korea, you know, South Korea especially, he's uh, somewhat popular. And I, I assume North Korea must love them also because I know Kim Jong-un, he loves our Western way of life. He loves movies. He loves Hollywood stuff. He loves sports. He's buddies with Dennis Rodman, for crying out loud. So I think, you know, he's not his dad. And you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, he's executed people and, you know, this and that. Well, in you know, every country could kind of say they've executed people, you know, at one point or another. Even America. How many uh, innocent people, you know, went to the electric chair over the last 30 years in this country? So, I mean, we're all kind of guilty of that. I think what Trump did was really brilliant, brilliant because he did, you know, one thing that no president's ever done, he crossed that border, but he actually is uh, getting things done done in a positive way, avoiding any nuclear war or any war in general, which is funny because everybody, as soon as he ran for presidency, were like, oh, we're going to get into like five trillion wars, it's going to be, you know, hell on earth, and it hasn't been like that, it's just been a vocal leftist minority, which is scary because, you know, I've been part of a socialist country, I'm Cuban myself. And, you know, I, it scares me to see that kind of movement here in America. So it, it's funny that democracy is spreading all over the world, and yet there is this faction wants to bring this sort of crazy ideology to this country, which is, you know, the most ironic part of the entire thing is 
this is the only country that will allow people to have the freedom of speech to be able to say the things that some of these folks are saying. And, uh, you know, that always blows my mind, but it's, it's just one of those things where they enjoy the freedom, they enjoy the ability to say these things, but yet they hate this country. And, and I think this is probably the only country I've seen that as widespread as it, as it is. Uh, in South Korea, you guys don't get that. I mean, you, you, as you know, being a kind of an outsider because you're from Canada originally, but I'm sure you've seen enough to where the people there are more united, it seems, than here in America. Would that be a fair statement? Well, ethnically, absolutely, with uh, respect to their uh, the breeding that has occurred on the peninsula over the past <laughs> few thousand years. They've been invaded by uh, China and Japan yep. and and I guess, you know, various others has been a, even an influx and an impact from, you know, via the Silk Roads historically, mm. of the traditional Silk Roads, uh, and, and reaching out even as far as the Middle East. There's an ancient crown, actually. I'm not sure if it's of the Pekche or the Shila Kingdom here in Korea. This goes back well over a 1,000 years, probably 1,500 years uh, I'm, I'm willing to bet, but the same style crown that they have here from that kingdom actually can be found. An exact replica was uh, not so, you know, not so far back actually uh, discovered on an archaeological dig way the hell out in Afghanistan of, of all places. So, you know, it's, oh wow, uh, yeah. yeah. But the bottom line, really, but over the over the history of the past few thousand years korea very much homogenized and uh i think that's one of the reasons why well you have to be look at the size i mean it's a small little peninsula surrounded by Mm -hmm. potential enemies and and people who are out to do them harm so you know a lot of koreans do have a very favorable view of the west i will say that just historically uh from the point especially of the korean war onwards very grateful uh, and and sense of you know, thanks and gratitude toward mostly in their mind I guess they think American soldiers and GIs they don't stop to reflect on or appreciate the the sacrifice and contributions made by others military I guess occupying force Canada was was prominent and I'm not sure who the others were exactly but hopefully people get the you know what I'm what I'm driving at here, just with respect to Western. You can see them as occupiers or or liberators, but the the history goes back at least that far as far as favorable view towards Westerners are concerned. You know the real the word miguk actually means a beautiful land. The in Korean mi mi young shil is like a beauty parlor or, or beauty salon. So the mi is beautiful, and literally America translates in the eyes of Koreans as the beautiful land, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. So now, it, it, you know, being that you've been there this long, now, I've you seen you know all of uh, South Korea, or most of South Korea. You know how, how beautiful really is it? You know, because you know here on the West, we only see images on Google Images. So unless you actually can travel there, you you only actually experience what you've experienced. Well, it's a little overcrowded in places. Uh, in fact, what I read years ago was that. It's one of the most highly densely populated nations on the face of the earth. Uh, mm-hmm. There still are places that you can find 
little gems of nature, I suppose, places get you can get away to, or well, such as our, our the pirate hideaway we have here, of course. <laughs> yes. We don't really like to advertise going into too much detail as far as where we are located exactly, unless we've got friends or family members coming to visit, and that's where just circling back to what. Uh, originally, you know, triggered everything here with respect to biometrics. You know, returning full circle now to our original talking point. That uh, one of the reasons I do not encourage or recommend, suggest in any way that Westerners come to visit Korea, or, or for that matter, Japan. Now, it's up to them. Of course, they can they're free to vote with their feet and and their cash as well too. But uh, you're dealing with the biometrics, and it's only well, foreigners is where it started out. Uh, just targeting, you know, outsiders in particular. That anytime you wanted to uh, enter the country, that hey, you got this new technology, you got to got to put it to use. Of course, you can't just let it sit on the side. So, mm-hmm. and and who cares? You know, I mean, it's a somewhat of an invasion of privacy, but I mean, who really cares? And besides, we got to stay on constant alert and remain ever vigilant for those terrorists who are out there somewhere. That uh, you know, we'll find. Eventually, one of these days, I suppose. Right? Well, you know, the the, the, the term terrorist is kind of funny, and, and I was uh, I'm amused by it because anybody can be a terrorist, yeah, and that's the kicker. You know, terrorist is just a person who or a group that is like terror in the population. So it could be homegrown, it could be you know, Qaeda, Antifa. Uh, WNBA, it could be any sort of these things that just terrorize you. But it, the the funniest thing is, I don't mind having to go through the, you know, these troubles because I got nothing to hide. So I always find it uh, you know, amusing and I laugh when I hear people saying, oh man, I gotta go through scanners at the airport or they gotta pat me down. Well, if it avoids, you know, getting hijacked with box cutters, uh, I don't mind it. You know, I, I have no issues with that. You, you know, the whole thing, Jaffe, and it's funny because I always laugh at people who, who have this conspiracy mind where everything is like evil and the government's trying to just take over and know every, everything about you. But at the same time, you know, you need certain things in place to protect country borders and to be honest, you you need, to, you need that protection, you know, especially in the skies. You know, when you're flying somewhere, when you're at the airport, you know, look at all the crazy things that happened over the last uh, 20 years, you know, 9-11. I mean, we don't need to repeat history here, folks. And, uh, you know, planes get hijacked worldwide all the time. Why? Because proper things are not in place to prevent certain things. So, yeah, you could say, well, they're taking away my freedoms. Well, yes, but they're saving your ass because nobody wants to get caught up in some plane that, you know, crashed due to some dude with a box cutter. And, you know, if, if, the, if that means I have to go through a scanner to see my underwear, I have no issues with that. Check out my underwear. I have nothing but hearts on them. I love... You know, the, the the fact that everybody thinks it's a big conspiracy, and honestly, I don't think it is. I I, I think it's just a, a way to make everybody a little bit safer. And if you have nothing to hide, who cares, right? Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety 
deserve neither liberty nor safety. You know who said yes. that, apparently. Yeah, so but I, I, I'd rather give up that little bit to get blown up. Well, here, well, but here's the thing. You, you, so you are uh, down with the whole official 9-11, the government narrative, and you, you totally buy into everything that they're, they're saying then, I guess. Is that right? Uh, well, here's the, here's the kicker. Box cutters, uh, box cutters. Well, here's the kicker. It could be box cutters, it could be knives, it could be swords, it could be lightsabers, it could be guns, you know, it could be whatever they, they want to use. It doesn't matter. In fact, I have, you know, big theories about 9-11. I don't think it was just, uh, you know, some terrorist uh, named Mohammed and bin Laden who uh, went out and, and committed these uh, the, these two heinous acts on our nation. I think there was a lot of inside stuff that was going on. Uh, you know, I, I watched every single season of the show 24. I know how this thing works. You have insiders, they get in, they do their thing, they set things up, it's a domino effect, and then, you know, whatever happens in the plane, a lot of this stuff is psyop, mind control to gear the country towards one way. I'm sure that a lot of folks within Washington knew what was going to happen. They saw it coming. But I'll tell you what, still, if it was done over oil or it was done over money or, it was done over, or whatever the reason was, I still, at the end of the day, have no issues with them putting a, you know, a machine up or patting somebody down to make sure there's no weapons on board of the, of the airplane. Other than a U.S. Marshal, he has to be on there. That is something that I have no problems with, that sort of safety. Isn't that interesting, too, the way that on September 11th, that all the the safeguards completely just evaporated, that they they just managed to coordinate everything, was it three, four planes, however many there were, and all the the hijackers got through, they all managed to execute the plans that they had supposedly set out to to accomplish on that day, uh, and, and no questions asked. And, uh, well, then there was, of course, the NORAD stand-down uh, order that came in. And then a lot of people asking themselves, uh, the question being raised, where was Dick Cheney at the time? Right. Uh, and a lot of kind of mystery surrounding that one. Uh, good old Dr. Evil Cheney over there doing his, uh, you know. His, in fact, who was, who was that, the the secretary of, the, the was he from Hawaii? I think he's an Oriental fellow. Norman Mineta, the Secretary of Transportation, I believe, and he he on the record several times stated that he uh, was together with Cheney. He was he was brought into this this uh, secure central command location, the bunker, I think, is what some people have referred to it as, mm-hmm. and that he uh, up on a screen there were, was there were the visual effects and uh, there. Were you know, other junior like military-type officials uh, in attendance. And one asked Vice President Cheney, do the orders still stand? And Cheney, uh, you know, because the plane was coming in, I, I think it was going to hit, where was it exactly? I'm not, I might have been, could have been the Pentagon, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was, yeah, there was, uh, and it's funny because i seen footage that has disappeared, and I, I swear to you, I saw this, uh, this, you know, maybe a few days or weeks after 9-11, uh, and uh, it showed an airplane hitting the Pentagon. 
Uh, it was as clear as, as it could be. Now, it wasn't a smooth video. It was, you know, from a, a pretty far away. And I saw it once or twice on the news, and then it disappeared. You can't find that on YouTube. can't find it anywhere. Nobody has it. Don't use outlet. And I've actually called a few. Nobody has a copy of that video. But as soon as uh, it, it released, uh, they put it on a couple times, and then it just vanished. But it, it does it did show an airplane hitting the Pentagon. Now, the kicker to me is... Uh, or for me is, uh, did that plane go down because of box cutters and crazy, uh, you know, terrorists, or was it shot down? And that's where the conspiracy lies. That's, uh, you know, something that a lot of folks have uh, been talking about. That and uh, the building that didn't have an actual plane hit it, which went down also. Explain that one to me. I have no idea. Oh, you're talking about World Trade Center 7, the third yeah. tower that fell? Oh, well, yeah, yeah you got to really stretch the limits of your imagination <laughs> to, keep, <laughs> to be able to support that narrative. And there are people out there who do. They really, they just can't, you know, one one coincidence built and added uh, to the next, you know, built upon, added to the next. Yep. And they just, you know, they can't seem to stop and say to themselves, well, wait a minute, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something a little suspicious and dodgy going on here as the coincidences continue to to uh, accumulate. And, you know, and it's just, for me, it's really suspicious to say the least. There's just too many uh, anomalies and peculiarities regarding what happened on that day. And in particular, you ask yourself, Qui bono, as with any crime, who benefits, of course, right? That's who it. Had, follow who, the money. That's well, yeah. yeah. Who had the wherewithal? Who had the means? Who had the motive? Uh, and 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 so on and and so forth. And it's quite clear to me. I mean, you look at PNAC, Project for New American Century, and how they had been clamoring for this new Pearl like a Pearl Harbor like event, and that's yep. exactly what a merry, little early Christmas present for the for the neocon crowd there jeb bush and, and cheney paul wolfowitz another high-ranking member so on and so forth so i mean these these really are the the people who they as far as i can tell my uh way of looking at it, need to be held accountable uh now yes. good luck ever bringing that about or uh, seeing that uh occur because you know it's just i don't think it's ever going to happen frankly they'll die eventually and then have to deal with their conscience uh, and that's assuming it's kind of a it's this this philosophical business of sociopaths or psychopaths people who either they suppress the conscience that we are given as humans this innate ability to to feel compassion or sympathy or to reason things through and nor know when things are just morally wrong why because our the you know our gut is telling us or our 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 brain is telling us and our our heart is speaking as well too we're wired for these things but then there are the the psychopath type individuals who i just really wonder about if it's true maybe they are of a different species altogether almost and that they're cold-blooded unfeeling you know killers there are people Mm. like that out there many of them behind bars but they're just not in in the whole game of politics well and some of them are i think they're they're called the uh, the squad 
now on TV. <laughs> you oh, follow oh, their politics. Oh, <laughs> Ma- Mouse, that, that would be the gang of four. You know, that's right. like back to Mouse China. That's what they would call the, uh, the dissenters there. But, yeah, the gang of four. I don't know if we really want the conversation to get too deeply into to politics no, per se. No, Although, no, no. one thing I will just for the record state, one, you know, just before we move on here, is that I do believe, it's quite evident to me, we are living uh, through the apocalypse. On top of that, yeah, it's World War Three. Others have said World War Four, but uh, you know, it's, I find it really quite puzzling how you got the likes of Alex Jones, and he can't, for the life of him, seem to figure this out. That it is World War Three. He's always talking about how World War Three is coming. You know, one of these days we're gonna have World War Three, and uh, many others out there as well too. But they don't understand what yeah. happened on <laughs> September 11th. That yep. was the major catal- catalytic event that these bastards had been waiting for and and planning and working on conspiring towards frankly so and they they got their world war three well done congratulations uh, there's you know quite a list of casualties now and look at what's taking place in in europe with this the invasion of these these outsiders you know f- from the middle east and so careful forth. Careful, you this don't want to get, you don't want anybody to uh, start sending you pirate hate mail. <laughs> endless, endless order out of chaos, and that's really what it's all about, is who, you know, because somebody's bound to be able to cash in uh, with any of these events. Uh, you know, don't let any good c- uh, crisis just simply go by the wayside. Rahm Emanuel, Hillary Clinton, and many other professional politicians, I'm sure they know all about this. You always got to be there to to cash in on whatever crisis occurs, and, and it's, it's, it's all in line with the Hegelian dialectic, it, it would seem. So, Remember, but, one person that really cashed in on the entire thing was the owner of the World Trade Center. I mean, he had just put out yeah. uh, a few days before or weeks before he had, he had uh, restructured the insurance on the World Trade Center, and as soon as it happened, I mean, he cashed in quick and a Lucky. lot. Yeah, Lucky Larry, Lucky Larry Silverstein's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another coincidence. Yeah, to add that right. to coincidences. Yeah, that's yeah. a big so, one. Yeah, there's that concerned. You know, like I said, I have no doubts that there's a uh, legit reason to go in and and really look at you know what can you know what to inspire the because there has to have been inside work. I have no, uh, no doubts about that. Again, I still say that losing a little bit of certain freedoms, I don't want to even call it that because logically whenever you have uh, something that involves people's lives at risk, I, you know, I say if it's a, a safety measure that can help reduce you know, uh, uh, an event like 9-11 or an event like any crazy person trying to hijack a plane, I have no issues with, you know, certain technologies being used to track who's going in and out. And we need that kind of stuff. Not only for those things, but look, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people that come into this country which are doing it with fake information. Of course, the border crisis is what it is. People are coming in and out of the country. They were at record numbers before 9-11, post 9-11. I've been in and out of the country several times. I've been to islands. I've been, you know, parts of the world. And before 9-11, it was very easy to go anywhere. It has gotten harder. Um, 
you know, and, and now it's, I think, a little bit more restrictive because, like you said, we've been in a third world war and it's, it seems like, you know, people don't understand that. War has not stopped. People think that, oh, we're out of the war and, but no, the, you know, conflict is always happening. It's not just us, it's other countries that are always involved in some kind of conflict. And, and also, you uh, Jeffy, this is why I think that uh, the aliens don't want to talk to us officially because, we, you know, we, we're always constantly fighting. And ironically, I say that on a day uh, here where uh, a bunch of idiots are talking about storming into Area 51 to find aliens. And you got to say to yourself, how stupid are we that we're really thinking about storming a base because somebody played a joke on Facebook and posted something that was supposed to be meant as a joke. And now we have 2 million people who are signed up to literally storm Area 51. And uh, to me, that's crazy when stuff like that happens. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that, the whole thing with Area 51, by the way? I would sign up uh, to be a part of things, never never seriously intending on participating, of course, but more just on a, on a lark, I suppose. Uh, Area 51, yeah, heavily secure uh, in a state of, of endless uh, <laughs> That's an understatement. lockdown, you know. But, uh, no, I'd, sure, I'd sign up, but I, I no intention of, of, of uh, attending just, just not going to happen but what i think is really going on there is that it's a distraction to shift the focus away from what we see happening with respect to jeffrey epstein tip of the spear tip of the iceberg you know there's a lot of uh people he could ultimately have implicated mostly i guess uh, there's said even to be actual you know videos photographs you name it yes very yep. prominent, high-ranking, very you know, well-known worldwide individuals that their lives could be thrown into some major speaking of chaos uh, if these uh, th- this evidence was ever to find the light of day, you know, come above board. So that's that's my take on it. It's just that it's a distraction that's been that's been cooked up and uh, you know. Because the two be, million people, Jeffy. That's, yeah. that's a heck of a distraction. Uh, <laughs> hey, th- think of think of how many other people are just like me, though. They're just signing up for for the hell of it. I guess uh, some people they just they. I don't typically like to use this expression, but uh, not able to come up with a better one at the moment. Shits and giggles. You know that's. <laughs> that I count myself as one of those morons because I signed up also. I got admit, but I have no intentions of, of actually showing up and. Right. Going down there, you know, it's. Right. I might eventually go to the little alien and uh, yeah. have a cup of coffee and you enjoy know, the the company there. But I have no interest in being one of these, you know, people that actually think, yeah, that's uh, let's make it run at Area Fifty One. That sounds brilliant, Pedro. Come no. on, let's do it. No, listen. As far as I can tell, what I remember is that this actually goes back to the time of Heather Wade. It's interesting. We're actually friends on Facebook, but uh, to this point, at least she's never taken the time to actually say hello or anything. I didn't <laughs> reach out to her at one point. There's a lot of people like, her, like yeah. that. And I just, yep. I kind of am torn between, well, should I just unfriend them or, or what? Uh, should I give them the benefit of the doubt? Uh, are some people just jerks or what's the deal there? But that, that aside, uh, there are, uh, Area 51, this goes back to the time. As I recall, she was actually promoting this 
last year, as a matter of fact, before it ever became more of a viral sort of mainstream kind of deal. This is right on the heels uh, of her the time where her show basically went down the tubes. And I think there was some infighting her, and if I'm not mistaken, and others that uh, because, you know, the Art Bell legacy, that's a big deal, as you can, I'm sure, well appreciate. And uh, oh, even though yeah. following the death of Art, although, you know, even though I think he'd set her up in a, like a little house adjacent to the the main uh, location where, where Art and his, you know, wife and, and kids had been living that, uh, and I'm not sure if she's still based out of that particular place or or not. There seems to have been some tension and, and bad blood to a certain extent between uh, between her and Art's wife, whose name, is it Aaron? Is that her name? Right, right. Yeah, a lot of folks anyways. still think. Yeah, a lot of folks still think it's Ramona, but she passed uh, passed away oh. before Art. Yeah. Well. Check this out. You know who I think is Ramona is their little the, the child that they had actually the little girl. I'm not sure if that's we're talking the same thing here necessarily or not, but the little girl. I think I saw a picture one time and I just made that connection because I am a believer in reincarnation, just strictly from a scientific standpoint, as well as this whole business of karma it makes total sense to me with the way things are set up. The law of conserva- conservation of energy is uh, that's all reincarnation works that energy is neither created nor destroyed but rather simply finds itself endlessly changing constantly in flux and that uh, karma is the law of motion for every action there is a reaction of opposite yet equal effect and this is all sort of i think newtonian physics more or less uh, i'm no expert in the field whatsoever but it it, it rings true it, it seems to make sense basically and that i really do believe that you know we're just passing through here we're just, it's, it's a temporary state everything is borrowed even your kids your home uh everything you think it's yours you know you're only here for a limited time and even things you you consider your property when you're dead it's done it's gone uh it's the goodwill will pick it up and uh do whatever they do with it uh so everything you know that you think it's yours it's really, everything's borrowed to begin with. Nothing is really ever yours. You know, you buy a house, if you don't pay it on time for a couple of months, they foreclose and get your ass out of there. So is it really yours? If you go a couple of months without paying your car note, they take your car. So is it really yours? You know, and at the end of the day, when your car is finished, paid off, now it's worthless. So you have a piece of junk. So well, what good does that do you when you're dead? Are you going to take your car with you? So, uh, you know, people get caught up with their material possessions and, and whatnot. And uh, at the end of the day, nothing's really ours. Right. Uh, I guess ultimately, sure, that we've got to reach that point in our thinking, you know, philosophically, where we can come to terms with that. Uh, on a relative level, though, I, you know, I would fight for everything that I've got here, more or less, within reason. At the same time, it's important to know when to to uh, you know give something up to surrender whatever is on the table or at stake so uh, but that's the central point actually in Buddhist philosophy one of the basic yeah. tenets I'm, you might maybe you know about this it's uh, egolessness or no self that it does exist right. on a relative level relative basis but ultimately uh, no soul as it sometimes referred to but it's interesting having said that how we can witness and experience this monkey mind constantly mm. chattering away the kind of inner 
uh, the neurotic commentary that's this endless stream of consciousness where if you sit and actually watch it, for me at least, my experience is, uh, it leads me to wonder, like, what's going on here? <laughs> who's, re- who's, re- who's really in charge? What the hell? Seriously. And then, you know, you throw into the mix now this business of 5G, scalar weaponry, and oh, the yeah. they're, 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 you know, uh, uh, rolling this out. I've been on to this for uh, years now. Only now is it kind of, am I imagining to connect with others who, as it turns out, have, have, uh, I thought I was the weirdo. I thought I was the freak for going so deep on this one, you know, that, uh, with respect to, I mean, the patents are out there. So it's not like I'm just making these things up. People can do the research and find that the American government, I'm sure other governments as well, hold patents to these, uh, technologies and that, uh, you know, they're incorporating them, I would imagine, into the 5G technology. Uh, scalar weaponry, Tesla technology. You look at things, the the Harp program, the way that you know a lot of people mock this, but uh, I I I really you know chemtrails are in my world a definite reality and something mm. that we need to talk about and yeah. uh, not just you know brush off or or uh, I mean. People, there's always people that are going to mock you when you bring these subjects up, but uh, that's fine. You know, it's uh, it, look with with uh, weaponized weather for crying out loud. This goes back as far as the Kennedy administration. Mm-hmm. I think the first time, I'm not sure if it was the first time or not. Carolyn Rose Goida, shout out to Carolyn if she's listening. That yes, one of the videos that she shared uh, last it was like a year or so ago now with Kennedy and his famous. Some people know about this at least. It's great. You can do the research through YouTube and other outlets. Although I shouldn't even talk about YouTube or promote it anymore. We're streaming our show. <laughs> They're the enemy. They're the enemy. Well, well we're working with D Live now, which, as it turns out, is a, a Chinese uh, communist government proxy. If you're oh, crazy. there you go. So how's that for ironic? <laughs> YouTube has. You talk about how low does YouTube need to go? Where you've got to actually leave the platform and go to another place where it's actually sponsored by the, the Chinese Communist government, of to, to which I'm no fan at all. Trust me, okay. So, but we're gonna we're, we'll stick with them as long as we can. We're uploading our, our raw feed content to BitChute. As a matter of fact, that reminds yeah, me. Right after we've done this conversation here, I've got to get on top of that and uh, have the, the show uploaded. It's actually a really seamless process. The way we've got the routine. Uh, going now. It's a lot of work for mine as far as putting the show together and, and getting the show notes out in place and then the promotion and so forth. But once you actually record the show, it can be then, uh, well, we, we download it from DLive and then, uh, just upload that copy of things to BitChute. And then in turn, you, what you download for BitChute actually comes through at a lower, I'm not sure about resolution, but they compress it is what it seems. They actually make smaller files. So um, I'm really happy, though, with this new approach and way of doing things. I encourage anybody else out there that has a, a little show or a podcast in place to uh, take a look at doing the same. 
fuck YouTube. You know, I'm, I'm assuming you can drop the occasional F-bomb on your show. Uh, oh, all fucking maybe. day. It's for, especially <laughs> when it comes to YouTube. You know, they, they look, they, they, they're right now on my shit list. Uh, not so much for what they've done with Alex Jones, but, you know, Stephen Crowder and other folks. And it's all because, well, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. I, look, I come from a different era. I, and I'm not racist. I'm not misogynist. I'm not hateful in any way. But I, I speak street and uh sometimes i use the f word i say fuck shit ass cut motherfucker son of a bitch i'll say all the bad words and i'm not afraid to say them but now you know if you say the wrong thing you is the if not it doesn't have to be a curse word if you say the the wrong thing is the wrong pronoun towards somebody and i'm not gonna say exactly who but transgenders but if you say just the just one word wrong. YouTube takes you out of, you know, your channel. They, they erase you. And they all them demonetize you. To me, that's losing your freedom of, of speech, expression. And that's something here in America we take very serious. And it's sad to see YouTube become more communist and socialist uh, than, again, like D-Live and places like that where... You know, they don't take it that harsh. And I hope society doesn't keep going down that path because that's, that'd be sad if we lose that ability to just speak our minds here in this country. That is something I would definitely not endorse. I, I hear where you're coming from, but at the same time, all of this, you know, would not have been possible had it not been for September 11th, harkening back. I hate to go there, but if you trace <laughs> back the history, they've used yeah. every single bit of anything where it comes to attacks on uh, you know, freedom of speech or conscience yep. or movement uh, or anything you can possibly imagine political correctness uh, uh-huh. it's uh, any any dictatorship from out of the past whether it's Hitler Mao Stalin uh, or going back to even more ancient times tyrants of the of you know Mesopotamia or whatever the case may the great pharaohs of, of uh, Egypt, I'm sure some of them were pretty badass. You know, you look at, was it, Caligula, mm. total m- m- madman. That uh, was an odd case, yes. <laughs> well, but uh, they, look, I mean, you know, you better be politically correct or or, or else you know what's going to happen. It's not going to end yep. up uh, not gonna good for anybody, really. So... Uh, you know, this is it's just one of the, one of those things, though. That uh, and they've got their policies. Are they are they a, a platform? How do they how do they uh, frame it now? That is it a is it a, a publishing platform, or is it like a, a private type deal, or is it is it a, you know? There's so much money that's going into these into these um, outlets as well too. The uh, you know with YouTube, Google, and so forth. These Silicon Valley based tech firms, big tech is... They're making billions, Chaffee. I mean, uh, YouTube alone makes billions. Taxpayers' dollars. Yeah. If you trace back, there's there's hundreds of millions of taxpayers' dollars. Well, every year it's like countless millions for sure, I can guarantee you of that. And, and, you know, so that in itself, you would think that that would help, that would in itself work to secure people's right to use the platform to freely speak rather than have anytime we're hearing this this hate speech nonsense it is just a it's an attack on people's freedom of speech because we see we see how ridiculous it's come now it's this 
So it's hate speech, uh, what, kind of But it's, it's very biased, though. I, and I, I'll tell you, it's very biased, and, and I see that on a daily basis here because, you know, they, they trash America, and I'm talking about not only the, uh, the, the, the Four Stooges or the Fraud Squad, uh, but there's a lot of folks in this country that trash this country, uh, and I'm talking mostly about liberals. Uh, they hate the way we live. They, they talk bad about the president. It's nonstop President Trump trashing all over Congress. But yet he doesn't really say anything, but the crowd chants something in a rally. And, oh, my God, he's racist. And then they have to go on TV and cry about it. But these four two just, just spent two years crapping all over the president. So let me get this straight. Uh, Talib, Rashad, Muhammad, whatever your name is. You can go and say, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. But the moment he says anything, oh, he's the bad guy. Mind you, you've never met him in person. He's never done anything to you. And yet, the moment he says anything about you or your group, which is 100% accurate, you have a problem with that? Like that, that hypocrisy needs to end when it comes to the media coverage. And uh, that that is the craziest part of what's happened since 9-11. And it's not so much that, you know, we've lost freedoms. It's the gearing of the country towards that way of thinking and socialism is being heavily fought by the left as progressiveness. It really isn't. It's backward thinking. It's one way of thinking. It's completely cutting out the freedom of of certain things which we have in our Constitution, like freedom of expression. They will take away the guns. How will that work out for the Jews during Hitler's time? How will that work out in Venezuela? I mean, for anybody who's listening to this podcast now who might, you know, hate Trump and uh, who might say, well, I'll let her vote for the guy. But you know what? I'll tell you this much. When both sides hate your guts, and uh, I'm talking about liberals and, you know, certain Republicans uh, in, in Congress who don't like him too much, when those signs hit your guts and you're the president, there has to be a reason for that. And going back to 9-11, and I, and I hate talking about 9-11, Jeff, because it's such, a, it, it's such a terrible time in this country, but, you know, going back to that, that time, George Bush was in office. We had before him Clinton. So we had Clinton, Bush, Obama, right? Now, I find it funny that Obama ran on the platform that, well, I'm not George Bush, and I'm going to do things different, and change is coming. You know, we're not going to be that guy. We'll never be like George Bush. He's horrible. He's a dictator. He's Satan's son. But now, and I've seen this several times, when they've gone together, uh, good old George Jr. here has given uh, Miss Obama candy. Like he's feeding, you know, a zoo animal or something. Here's here's candy, Miss uh, Michelle Obama. Here, enjoy the candy. I mean, have you seen this? It's ridiculous. And they, you know, they're all against Trump. They're all taking pictures together. They love each other. Well, I wonder why. I wonder, you know, how it is that they've all now gone towards a socialistic, uh, uh, you know, craziness about... You know, we have to, you know, do all these changes, the Green New Deal, which is, it's, that'll just destroy the world. I mean, have you even looked into that? I know your show covers a lot of ground, but have you at all looked at this 
crazy green deal from AOC and how the left is just now backing this and pushing this? I've not looked into it all that much, although I've been hearing a, a good deal about it, of course, uh, via the news. Uh, at the same time, you know, we're back talking kind of establishment politics, that sort of area again for some reason, <laughs> uh, which is which is okay for now. I think we can handle that, but we'll try to maybe. I've got a, there's a few other talking points I've actually just kind of made note of here. I was hoping to uh, touch on before we wrap things up, and. Uh, you know, you're you're so right, though, where it comes looking at what the Democratic Party is doing to itself right now. It seems to be a major uh, splintering, which, I'm, you know, there's a lot of talk as far as, you know, Trump being reelected in 2020. I would say it's, it, well, if the election is free and fair, absolutely. You compare Biden's rallies to his, uh, and there's, there is no comparison. It's going to be Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Creepy. Yeah. Grandpa Joe. That uh, and let's be you know, honest, he's leading the pack. I mean, they, the other uh, folks in there are just you know wasting their time and fooling themselves. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be the the Democratic nominee. I mean, I'm there's, actually, yeah. I'm actually almost as as uh, capable a public speaker as he is, and that's not probably same. better. <laughs> no, <he's> probably better. <laughs> you know, but it's it's interesting. Why he's really gone downhill? His mental health yes. and everything. He's aged quite quickly. Over the past few years, the thing about it is, I think it seems that you know he's got he's the he's he's the the swamp really. He's one of the key nodes. Yep. In in the whole the, the matrix, uh, the political matrix in America, that's where they've got him. There is what it seems. He's he knows a lot of things. Well, I guess you could say well, maybe where a lot of the bodies are buried. Uh, Probably. As well as just, <laughs> you know, what, the corruption that's taken place over the years. The money that's been trading hands. Look at look at his involvement, his son's involvement off in the Ukraine. Yes. Kind of reminds me of what Harry Reid was doing just a couple of years ago. We saw this big dust up with the uh, the the land bureau out in uh, was it the federal land bureau out in Nevada and and up in yep. uh, was it Oregon, maybe off even as far as Utah even as well too. Uh, but bottom line is that you know. Harry Reid, his son, you know, working some some sweetheart land deals out there with who? None other than the communist Chinese once again. Yes. So same thing with Biden. It's working, you know, pretty pretty uh, much in bed with the the same well uh, one one totalitarian crew, and then and then uh, the Ukrainians as well. There's more business going on there. But let's not forget, as far as Trump is concerned. I don't want to go on. <laughs> this. Well, you know what they call Biden in China? They call him the China Joe. I mean, oh, for yeah. a reason. <laughs> no, no kidding, huh? How about that? Yeah. But here's the thing. You know, one of the, the, the items that, I, you know, one of the few items we've actually had time to post up on WPRPN, and that's the place where we'd encourage all listeners, uh, if, if you haven't dropped out uh, or off, <laughs> shut the show off now for reasons of either sheer uh, boredom or, or uh, fury and frustration, whatever. WPRPN.com <laughs> is the place to drop by and, and check out. We'd like to all, you know have your voice heard, of course, and always looking for your input and whatever you know contributions you're able to offer as far as, far as volunteering, uh, you know, ideas. Maybe you got some uh, something. And your your skill set you're able to share with the community very much a volunteeristic type approach to things the way we're 
handling the, the vision in accordance with the, the Robin Hood uh, mandate, of course, it's the, the flagship we've christened the Robin Hood. But uh, one of the, the, the first stories, the last stories, I suppose, that we've put up on WPRPN in the news feed is dealing with actually Ash, I always get these two confused. Ashton Kirshner, of course. Jared, <laughs> the punk, Jared Kirshner, the punk guy. <laughs> I think, yeah, might as well be Ashton Kirshner. Yeah, no Jared, 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 and the sweetheart deal, once again, that was one of the first things after he canceled the TPP. Uh-huh. One of the first big things that I heard about here in Korea that uh, I'm not sure if it was how widely or well reported uh, the, the story was back in the West, but that Jared Kirshner to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, was doing business with the Chinese in the area of real estate, hotel development, that sort of thing. So do you really think they're going to war? I mean, China and America? Not, no. Not when they're doing business to that level, I don't think. Not really. Unless, of course, you got the, the big club, as, uh, as uh, George Carlin referred to them, of course, and they're all seeking out shelter in their underground bunkers while all hell is breaking loose here, uh, nuclear conflagration. Um, I think that's the right, that's one of these $10 words I sometimes throw out there. <laughs> I don't necessarily know the meaning of, but it, 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 it sounds it sounds right at the time. I'll have to check that one, conflagration. It sounds, it sounds fancy. Yeah, I'll How about nuclear much. holocaust? There's a, there's a great trigger. That's word. one we, we want to avoid, definitely. We don't, <laughs> don't want to have one of, that, one of those. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah, you, 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 know, you, you, you guys have a lot of fun on your show. And, uh, you know, one thing that I do enjoy about, you know, the fact that uh, you're able to, to not only talk about one certain topic or, or subject, but you have a broad range. You know, when we were on earlier, you were, yeah. you know, we were talking about the space program. Right. And uh, about, you know, whether or not we went to the moon, for example. And, you know, that's stuff I love to cover. And, you know, unfortunately, you, you know, you being the host, I love talking to hosts, by the way, because I always get to pick their brain. And, and they, I use it to see if I can make this show a little bit better. Sorry, uh, y'all listening. I try. But uh, I, I like to always get that perspective. You being the host, uh, I'm sure you have your own opinions on the subject that you sometimes hold back on. But, you know, what's your favorite topic? I mean, besides the, the moon hoax or not, uh, you know, you guys get into a little bit of everything over there. Yeah, I don't think there's any real one favorite topic I can point out, but you're right, a very wide-ranging, uh, <laughs> speaking of your words, li- liberal, no, well, yeah, ecliptic, a liberal, open, yeah. open uh, approach to, you know, whatever we think seems to make the most sense that is a, if you've got an interesting, intriguing, largely unreported story from from out of the underground, really, because that's typically where we focus things right. uh, as far as the feature guest um, uh, production Friday nights, 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 11 on the East Coast, just to remind nice you listeners. Yes, uh, that, you know, it's, we try to, if we can, we try to land one prominent guest per month, somebody like, like a name that people will easily recognize outside of that the other uh three weeks generally because we in a five-week month we like to take the last one off for for uh, post-production and, and just work behind the scenes but the other three weeks we go for the you know lesser known 
uh, people who are out there that haven't really had their voices heard. They haven't had a chance to appear on a show. So they're the up-and-comers, the, uh, the undiscovered uh, voices, personalities, talent that are out there. And it's what our platform is in some ways uh, in place for. That's what we're, we're all about and what we're happy to uh, promote. Just as what we did here last week with respect to the Minds World Indie Music Showcase, where, I mean, if you go back, if you actually listen to the show and check out the music that was, that was featured, I, I was really happy with the way things went, actually. There were a couple little technical flub-ups, but no major train wrecks. And uh, that's all really, that's the, when, you're, when you're doing a live stream and working the way we are set up here with the limited resources and just the, uh, uh, the way that we're very much spontaneous and in the moment in true pirate radio fashion that, uh, you know, we're quite happy with the way things went this, this past week once again, and, and it is the best you can hope for, so... Um, it's it's well worth listening to. These are the undiscovered talent that are out there, uh, musical acts, uh, musicians, recording artists that just, once again, outside the likes of the mainstream-type names that people will easily yep. recognize. They're the, these are the lesser knowns that if you do check out what they have to offer, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, for me at least, I'll go back and listen to the music, you know, a, a couple of times for sure, and really pay attention to what it is that the uh what they've done from a if you appreciate music what they've done from a, a, a theoretical structural sense with the with the format the the way the 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 chords are laid out the different uh the arrangement essentially and uh, if you can make out the lyrics which most of what we featured this past week you could of course that you know just gain more of an appreciation for their uh their poetic ability and songwriting skills so a lot and this is all through minds.com as well as you can probably imagine the 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 name of minds world indie music showcase hashtag m w i m s uh uh it's 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 really great speaking of which minds.com i know you've been over there a little bit Mm -hmm. are you trying to make more of an effort to stay engaged dr j who we both know of course and and definitely i'm sure we we see pop up on our radars oh, yeah. time to time that uh, he's over there and he's, mm-hmm. he's tagging us. He's just the at tag uh, at Pirate Radio Network or myself, just at Jaffe Ryder. But, uh, it's, there's, it's, they got a lot going on there. The open sourced approach, very, very little in the way of censorship, uh, blockchain technology. So there's a reward system in place. You get a lot of boost power generated if you're liking content, putting new threads together. Or reminding other people's content, uh, you'll notice your wallet. That everyone's you're expected first to put a wallet together, obviously. But once you've got that taken care of, you'll see that the these booster points start to accumulate, and you can then in turn use them to further, uh, you know, uh, direct attention to certain mm-hmm. uh, content items that you put out there. Boost your. No, I'll tell you what. Minds.com is uh, is definitely a, a website where I'm you know be checking out a little bit more now that the show's back on the road and back on the air. Uh, but I'll tell you this much: uh, it is a nice platform alternative to Facebook, Twitter, and the known outlets. 
that is uh, slightly different. And I know people are like, oh, it's just another social media platform. No, check them out. It's, it's a little bit more than just uh, your typical social media. Drop a picture and leave a comment, type of place. I think it's the best uh, outlet that we have, frankly. And I've looked at them all, Gab, mm. Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. We've got DLive yeah. now, of course. It's for, for yeah. live streaming, as is YouTube. But uh, Minds.com, we've been active over there for the past several years, since the summer of 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a while. We've been canvassing, promoting, and and trying to you know spread the spread the, the the word, get the word out there, the good news, what Minds.com has to offer, and uh, you know people, the likes of yourself or Dr. J and others, uh, you know they've some have been slow to come around and see what. It really has to offer, uh, you know, kind of sometimes people are critical and they don't like this or that. And there's a problem with the phone app. But, you know, mm-hmm. they've been wor- it's it's all open sourced, the code. Right. Right? So you can actually see you can go uh, to the back end of things. And I think it's through GitHub. Check out what they've actually got there. If you're a, a coder of any kind and you can add to the mix, essentially, how you'd like to further you know, steer things little tweaks right. and whatnot, or maybe even some major changes to the the uh, the way they have things set up. I've got some criticisms to you know to, to offer as far as minds.com is concerned, uh, but more praise than anything. One 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 something that I will say that I'm not too fond of at the moment is the fact that the way that our group Pirate Radio Podcasts, we have several thousand members already and um, as you know, there's there's a few groups that have, you know, uh, <laughs> sometimes sometimes they have quite a few thousand members, <laughs> shall we say? We've got about I don't know three three and a half thousand approximately, as I recall. But the thing, uh, what I'm what I'm getting at, what I like to say is that, and what I find really disappointing at the moment, is how when we visit the site, when we add content and put a new uh, item out there to find its way into circulation what you're supposed to have is because on the right hand side of your screen there is a scrolling uh like a sidebar where you've got your the groups you've recently engaged you've got them listed there and i'd like to have that a little more manageable uh, as well too so that we can actually if we don't want a group there just take it out you know, or, or maybe bring another one in sort of deal. But as it is, Pirate Radio Podcast is not coming into the picture for us for some reason. So if there's something going on, maybe behind the scenes, or it's a little, you could always say, oh, it's just a, a bug that has to be worked out here. But why this? That's one, I think there's other groups as well, too. I've, we've been making a bit of a list here on the side, different, uh, different groups that for some strange reason are not appearing in the, the scrolling sidebar area it's and it's kind of uh you know i'd like to think i'm a patient person and and really i have been over the past few years believe me with minds.com there have been issues where we've as we've seen the uh, evolution of the platform where the, the coders the people working behind the scenes and you know god bless them they've done a lot of great work so we should be giving credit where credit is due and a lot of appreciation. Now, I don't know how many of these people are actually gaming the system that they've actually built. You can imagine there are a few, definitely, if, if they're actually 
you know, they're that up to speed. And on top of things, as far as the code is concerned, they could, you would think, be able to quite easily gain the points, in, especially so that they accumulate and acquire all kinds of points, all kinds of exposure, all kinds of views, that sort of deal. So um, I do believe there's been a little bit of that actually taking place. Now, I'm not going to go start you know, naming names or pointing fingers to anyone in particular, but other than this to say, I'm quite sure it's been it's been occurring. So, uh, but on the whole, absolutely. I mean, Facebook is it's pathetic. Okay, they won't even oh, yeah. accept content from Minds.com. I'm not sure if you ever tried to share a link over on, on Facebook mm-hmm. via Minds.com. Immediately yep. get a warning pop up. Oh, this this is a suspicious type looking link. Yeah. Are you sure you want yep. to share it? If you th- if you feel this has been flagged for you know, wrongly. Uh, you know, flagged here, be sure to get back to us, uh, let us know, and we'll see what we can do about it kind of deal. You never hear back from anyone on Facebook ever. So no. what's the point? It's ridiculous. It's it's really kind of uh, frustrating and annoying. And uh, uh, hashtag the Kraken. That's a big tech, Silicon Valley, hashtag the Kraken. There's been a lot going on in that area, too. I'm not sure. I think we touched on this once already earlier, but just with the way that the subsidies, the money rolling into Silicon Valley's uh, taxpayer-sponsored mm-hmm. gifts and gratuities to the tune of countless millions, and you know that, uh, and the way. Speaking of rigging things, not that I'm even a fan of Donald Trump, because to tell you the truth, uh, I'm not. I don't really like everything he does. His Middle Eastern foreign policy, not a huge fan of at all. And and uh, you know as there's many as we can see with with Jared Kushner and as we pointed out earlier with respect to the deals that were made at the start of the administration with China, communist China, which you look at it's like yeah you got all these rich Chinese people flying overseas to buy up you know snap up real estate and and sometimes you got absentee landlords in a lot of cases too of course but places like. Hongkouver, as I like to refer to it, and I think others do as well. But <laughs> Hongkouver, re- that's funny. Real estate prices that are just out, ridiculously out of control, and uh, it, it ends up ends up being, as I like to put it, too rich for my blood. You know, native-born son, I can't even afford to return there to live because mm. of what's been done, the economy, the real estate market. Yet at the same time, you got so you got these super rich commies <laughs> flying over from Beijing. And then, you know, communism, it's all about equality, of course, too, right? Right, But right. then you've got these super poor people, quite a few of them, it seems, as well, back in uh, mainland China, they can, you know, barely manage to uh, fill their rice bowl, you know, th- two or three times a day. Look, what's wrong with this picture? It's all supposed to be about equality and so forth. I think that's why they kind of had to ditch the communist line a, a number of years ago. They had because the, the picture it was not really there was something not you know the contradictions were becoming a little too obvious with reality and what they're being told. So as far as the, the disparities between you know rich and poor, the income and wealth disparities. So uh, yeah, it's a, they become pretty much just a fascist state now, as far as I can tell. Very much authoritarian, totalitarian, and now with mm-hmm. a social credit system that's based biometrics. Once again, funny that we would lose the feed right at that mm-hmm. point in time. Where yep. uh, and I like it's now. It's now as good a time as any as we circle back to this because I do 
you know, it's, it's a vital point I think listeners ought to to know about and to reflect upon. If maybe they got a difference of opinion, fine. Maybe they're uh, in in accordance with what I'm saying. That's great too. But uh, it's a it's a big it's a hot issue, and I don't recommend people come to visit. Uh, my my dad actually recently had a conversation with him. He called me on my birthday just a couple of days ago, and it, it was we were talking about the biometrics, and he's he's kind of a, your your way of looking at it, as a lot of people are. He's like, ah, what do I care? I got nothing to hide. Uh, you know, <laughs> little do they know, little do they know what's what's really the the grander scheme of things of here in the way at. Uh, uh, the 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 end goal to it all, but um, well, they get into the global, they get into into the realm of uh, everything is a conspiracy. Well, yeah, well, I think it is. I really yeah, do. Well, it, it, look, look. Well, hold it. it, it every, it's not actually. You're right. Everything is not just the important things. Right. <laughs> I don't like that you answer. Know, I like that yeah. answer. Well, uh, no, and here's the thing too. Like people start. Like, what do you think politics is? For crying out loud! I mean, if not conspiracy. So the next time somebody tries to accuse you or any of your listeners of being a conspiracy theorist, they should really just, you know, guilty. Think about it. Well, yeah, yeah. Even, even more so. Just tell them it's like you know, not so much a conspiracy theorist as a political scientist kind of deal. So there you go. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy theorist. What are you talking about? <laughs> conspiracy theorist? Come on, man. I'm a political scientist. Turn the tables. The war on terror. That's another. Orwellian yes. catchphrase, the war on drugs. It's a war on some drugs. Hello. You know, <laughs> so uh, people, the more that we start saying these sort of things, the the more, the, the more power that these worn out, cliched, what, they call them tropes. Is that right? It's from the French, I believe, which means it's trop, which means too much of or too many. So right. That's, I believe, where the word trope comes from. Well, um, trope actually it says something really it says something interesting in, you know, uh, similar to to this, he says that the more, and, and he's using it about himself, honestly, but he said uh, several times, the more you keep repeating uh, the lie of collusion or that he's involved with Russia, the more they repeat it, the more they repeat it, you know, they want to believe it, and the more they repeat it, they might fool enough people, but, and if you fool them just the right once, you're going to get Others are going to fall in line and, and collude into themselves and believe whatever it is you're trying to feed them. But the more you repeat something, even if it's a lie, it becomes the truth in people's minds. Even if it's based off a lie, which is crazy. And that's no. how psyops and brainwashing and all this stuff works. You just you repeat the lie over and over and over and over, and you're going to get people to believe it. That's the gullibility. I would have to, have to reiterate that. Uh, that's how gullible we are, uh, as not only here in the, in the West, but in general as as a human being. You know, we tend to follow that, no matter what the uh, the issue is, whether it's conspiracy. You know, it, it can start off as a lie, but if they repeat it just enough to the right enough people, it becomes a global truth. That's scary. Well, you know, you've heard the term cognitive, well, cognitive dissonance, of course, but bias confirmation. Right. Actually, I've so, heard that term, yes. Well, bias confirmation, basically my understanding of how what that is intended to mean and, and what it's in, uh, you know, intended to reflect is how people, they, they'll believe what they want to believe because right. it, it resonates with their existing way of seeing things that 
too often we are reluctant to to change or to 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 give up or our existing belief system you know and adopt a new way of uh, seeing things uh so and then and cognitive dissonance has more to do with uh if i'm not mistaken how you've got the reality staring you right in the face and you're just completely uh oblivious to it because uh you're so married to what you uh you know what you want to believe your pre-existing belief you're so tightly wed and and bound to it that you just cannot see what is so you know what is so obvious in, in front of in front of your face so uh, we all do it but at the same oh, time yeah. I, think, yeah. I, I think if we uh if we're open-minded uh, and here's that that little that trigger word again, liberal minded, uh, which it just means op- <laughs> it means open minded is is one definition. Um, that yeah, I think it's really important if we're genuinely committed to the search for truth and certainty. And let's not forget, uh, you know, the truth is not always out there. All that it's not well, it's not that pretty, <laughs> for, you know, for one for one. So so much of the truth is within us as well, too. I don't think it's a good thing to necessarily go looking for the truth anywhere. Yeah, you say out there, out there. Yeah, like the X file, the truth is out there. Well, the tr- yeah, but it's also yeah. inside of us, I believe, too. With oh, I agree with that. Yeah, the way the space. There's a talk of the the space force and the the the, <laughs> the war in space. Well. Once again, hearkening back to 5G and the Wi-Fi technology, it's, it's something I didn't bring up earlier explicitly, but yes, the Wi-Fi, which it seems to be everywhere, including right now, right here, and, and although we don't have it in our house, we've, we've, they've tried to push it on us and tried to sell us on it, but we've explicitly told them we do not want it anywhere near us, so we've got a, a cable, like a landline Ethernet connection sort of deal here, and... uh you know, you know, five G, interstate, right? This, this is, uh, it, it is from you know my understanding, a crazy uh, technology that could cause uh, you know, you know, all kinds of harm uh, to our physical, mental, uh, you know, being. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, again, it, it, we, we're bombarded, Jaffe, every day. With radiation from cellular phones, uh, with, uh, you know, microwave radiations in the air, uh, contrails like you, you know, brought up earlier. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's really hitting us on a, on a daily, constant basis. I remember back in the 90s, there were uh, rampant reports of, uh, babies being, you know, born with deformities because their parents lived near power lines. And that caused a lot of, you know, issues for a long time. It seems anytime it's a new technology, though, we have to kind of go through that. But it is scary how the 5G technology, at least here since they've been talking about it more and more recently, they, they really are trying to sell this as, oh, it's safe, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's harmless. Well, you're hearing it's nonsense. But uh, I, when you ask for the data to back that up, nobody has an answer. Nobody can tell you, well, here's the research. And that, to right. me, is where it begins. First, well, yeah. show me that it's safe before you implement something like that. I was just, uh, I came across a story just the other day. You know, there's so many so many issues to investigate and look into that 
I I just can't do it all, of course, and that's why, as the host of the, the you know our show, that we leave it up to the experts, the people who are more qualified to speak on these matters, and that you know we try our best to steer the conversation in a way that they're able to respond and go deeper uh, on you know with respect to these issues. Now, five G in particular, the one story I came across the other day, there were some Senate hearings. Uh, just this past year or so, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, not so long ago, and the the high level representatives of the industry, not a single one of them could testify and support the idea that 5G was safe. There's not a right. single shred of evidence they were able to provide. Essentially, is what I recall. You know, that was the essence of that story. Secondly, uh, p- pay attention to this now, folks. Look into it and think about what this stands to do ultimately, that the way they've got the vibrational frequency and and level in place uh, with the said 5G technology, it's it's set to resonate with both air and water molecules. Mm. Now, you stop to think about us as humans, what is it, 80% water? Right. Right. Uh, and, And then where air is pretty much everywhere everywhere yeah so, uh, <laughs> yes. we need air to live and if our, air, our environment getting a little dirtier we can't seem to breathe well having respiratory issues uh then of course the whole business of how our, our thinking is a little kind of more cloudy than what it used to be we don't really seem to have the same sort of you know level of of mental alertness and and then again even look at the history of these people talking about the government is beaming messages into my head they're uh, i'm being targeted by the government they're tar- they're putting voices in my head well lo and behold and they've been locked up for how how many years See, there's i'm mm. sure there's some that are still you know institutionalized heavily medicated uh, but lo and behold as things turn out some of those people might have been right because the technology was there the patents are all you can find yep. you know, track them down via the interwebs thank god for open source technology and, and information uh but this is it's a real it's a real issue and something that yeah i think we all have to take a little more seriously now korea going back to what i'm seeing here i can say this much they're practically tripping over each other just or or endless orgasms of uh stupidity really and who can out out uh monkey the next person one after the other with the entertainers that come on and they're they're whoring themselves in support of 5g really playing the fool because Mm. it's all about gag style comedy where they try to see who can be the biggest goof basically to in in this instance promote and sell the product which you know there's times where it's like chicken or alcohol is, is is endlessly um promoted here in a big way and I kind of like to go back to that in just a moment. Don't let me forget because it has a it, there's a pot angle to things here. Believe me. And we I was chicken and alcohol. That sounds like a pothead's favorite food after smoking yeah. a good blunt. Well, yeah. <laughs> and as if there's any anything anything more that uh, Korea needs than another chicken hoff is what they call it. <laughs> exactly that. You got chicken hoffs. They got the they got the cell phone stores. I mean, those, those are two of the big places for sure that the Korea trust me, does not need anything more of whatsoever. But, no, the the celebrities here and the way that the industry is really, uh, really cranking things up. And the Koreans themselves have got to be some of the most non-critical thinking 
um, people that I've come across to this point, my, you know, experience here on this planet, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, they did some real great work, of course, in helping to oust the former president, Pak Kun He, as some of your listeners will recall, left office, I guess it was last year, uh, sometime, 2018 approximately. So now if they'd only rally around, say, the pot issue with that much enthusiasm, we'd see changes actually take place in a, in a real progressive sense. I know you used that word earlier, and it was something I wanted to address uh, and, and to hit on. But, yeah, you're right, because you did kind of allude to it. it it's not progressive. Take these words back. Turn the tables on them and tell mm-hmm. you really because we're being we're being gaslighted. It's an endless gaslighting that is, and we're the marks, man. Don't be so stupid, yeah. people. Wake up, you know uh, that uh, it's it's not progressive. It's regressive, and this, this so often you know because the word liberal can mean practically anything. It depends on the context largely, and, right? And then you ask the person, well, what do you really mean? What are you trying to convey here or, or express or communicate? And uh, so often, though, I find it, now maybe you can explain this to me, but uh, the word dog whistle, I'm not too clear on that whole business. It's something that I've recently come across that mm. these these talking heads they use, and I hate it when anytime any person uses a term that I, that most people don't understand, and they're just kind of on their own level talking above everybody else, and, and, and terms like dog whistle. But uh, liberal, for me, is just, in many cases, code for communist. It really is what it is. Look at this Antifa uh, outfit, what they're, what they're mm. up to, these radical, the useful uh, golem idiots that so many of them are, frankly. Uh, that uh, that That's a big issue, obviously. We've seen some reporting on that the last well the Jeffy, last year. Uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to drop something about Antifa which is gonna, it's going to be crazy you know I will probably get a little hate mail for this but uh the 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 thing I've noticed about Antifa now every group at some point or another you know that wants to rise up uh will go through this stage where they feel like you know we've been the underclass we've been kicked around and now it's our turn and, you know, we've gone through that here in America, and, and we've seen it happen now with different groups, whether it's with African Americans, Latinos, uh, Antifa, and it's crazy when you, when you really look at it, but a highly, uh, percentage of people that are in the group Antifa or in this organization or terrorist, uh, as they're being called now, uh, a lot of them are either gay or transgender, or, or are really sympathetic to that lifestyle, and are also uh, sympathetic to uh, the Muslim extremist way of thinking. And the crazy thing about that is, when you go to any of these Muslim countries, guess what they do to gay people? They cut their heads off because they don't like them. So literally you have a, a, a lot of people on the left here that... Uh, and let's be honest, a lot of this stuff started in California here because that's where a lot of these Antifa folks are coming out of. And a lot of them are, like I said, of the transgender and gay community. And if they only knew that they're uniting themselves and they're fighting against freedom and uniting themselves against folks that want to cut your heads off in their country, that boggles my mind. 
I'll never understand that. Unholy alliance is how I you know, look at things with respect to Antifa and the, and the far left uh, in bed. You know, they say politics makes for strange bedfellows, common, well-known uh, expression. And I think we're seeing a clear example of that here. And there seems to be some some tension there, though, as well, uh, and falling away and not getting along too well. You're exactly right. So why they're that out to lunch, I have no idea, frankly. But with respect to immigration, I'm not sure how bad it is in the West. It seems to be a real ongoing problem, though. Uh, Trump may be taking steps to other than when it comes to the Saudis, of course, because <laughs> he's pretty well, chummy with that, with that, uh, with the royal kingdom there, the, the crypto Jews as what they are. If people right. want to investigate, look into their their origins, it's quite intriguing to say the least. But uh, that, yeah, immigration to the West, so much has got to do with the politics and uh, elections. Going back, I often like to use the example of the Tony Blair's labor administration. There's two separate terms, very much uh, hinging on the the immigration issue, bringing basically ger- almost like a gerrymandering, you, you, where you have so many people that you bring into the country that you can pretty much be guaranteed are going to be voting for you. The Liberal Party in Canada, Trudeau's Liberal Party, under his... His father, they did the same thing, and I'm sure even previous administrations as well, too, where you uh, fill up different constituencies with a with a, a considerable ethnic population that, uh, you know, with a wink and a nod, you once again can be relatively well assured will be uh, supporting your party and not the other. But speaking of which, isn't it interesting... Where are all the independent speakers or independent mm. parties, and why don't they have a chance or an opportunity to appear on the debate stage with the other presidential candidates or in Canada, you know, people who are running for prime minister? That to me is a is a big issue, and in some ways a dead giveaway. Uh, the way it's as Trump has pointed out is he's right; it's a rigged game. Yep. And uh, the point I never finished earlier. And there's a few points because <laughs> we tend to. <laughs> Just the conversation flows along, and there's a lot that gets left um, trailing in the wake, as it were. But that the electron, so-called electronic voting uh, system and technology, it can be hacked. These computers within, if you're a good of hacker, course. about thirty seconds is what I've heard some reports yeah. uh, tell me. So, like, why is this not being discussed? When's the last time you heard this? Anyone talk about this? Outside? Actually, Trump uh, spoke about it recently. Oh, did he? How about yeah, that? yeah, yeah? Well, yeah, sure. well you, know why, he, you know why he's doing that because he sees it's it stands to be just as it did last time around a threat to him uh, of retaining the presidency, winning the yeah. next election. No, no, he, he said openly. He said that uh, you know for his uh, for twenty twenty for the reelection, uh, you know, one thing he wants to push is yeah, you could you know use the standard. Uh, technology, but he wants to have a way to back it up with old-fashioned paper ballots uh, and have you know both be be counted. Because let's let's be honest, uh, you know, but hand counting a ballot 
uh, it's just as safe as a computer, but it, it takes a lot more to, well, maybe not. Uh, you know, they could just dump a few bags in the river somewhere like that happened here in, in Florida once. Uh, where they found literally, I'm, I'm not even kidding, they found hundreds of uh, ballads. And this is uh, back when uh, Gore ran for president. And uh, they found hundreds of bags of ballads in a swamp somewhere. So paper ballads, computer-generated uh, votes, there really is no safe way, but, I mean, if you combine uh, both, I mean, that that has to help. Flipping the vote, that's what it boils down to, really, I guess, the hackers yeah. go in. And if somebody, the uh, desired candidate, is trailing, they just flip the vote. They turn yeah. it on, uh, on its head. Now, I, I kind of disagree. I understand what you're saying with the hand, with the with the old-fashioned uh, pencil and paper approach. You're, you're totally right. What does Stalin tell us? You know, he's one who, who would have known that it matters not who casts the votes so much as the, the those who count the votes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, that's you know, the problem. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. And that's that's where checks and balances and people, you know, you want free and fair elections. They need yep. to be held accountable. And you know that uh, all too often it's just not the case. And so we'll see what happens here. It's fascinating to always hear other people, in, uh, especially in other parts of the world, and where they view as far as uh, the political stance and what you know is going on in the world. We live in strange times, and it's uh, it's funny how you know politically it seems like now uh, more than ever it's become more a reality than conspiracy. We're living in a world where. There's no, you know, gray area anymore. I think you, you, you know, you hit it on the head earlier. Everything is a conspiracy. Only the important things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what isn't that important? You know, well, sports results, but we, we sure are cut up on, uh, on our sports entertainment. Got to keep us distracted, right? Well, it, there you go. I mean, sports entertainment. That it's all infiltrated and influenced by organized crime it has been yeah. historically not not just in america but here as well it's the same kind of deal i mean oh, every, every, every 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 yeah. country you can imagine absolutely they've got their organized you know criminal gangs at all various levels and everyone uh-huh. is getting their cut and if they don't then there's all hell to pay but that's one of the reasons we don't watch tv because of uh the old expression you are what you eat and yes we just choose instead to navigate the uh the digital interwebs. Before we wrap up here, though, just uh, uh, two quick things I'd like to say. One, going back to this whole issue of, isn't it interesting to take notes, speaking of Korea, how you know freedom-loving, democratic South Korea, you've got a tyrannical, really the, what is the word I'm looking for here, draconian approach since 1976, where the Korean people, are actually being deprived, robbed of their ancestral heritage, the right mm. to consume a bloody plant, this this sacred uh, ancestral traditional herb, weed, which has been a central part uh, of Chinese medicine for thousands of years. And uh, But it was because of a phone call that was made from Washington in 1976 that the president of the time, who was soon after to uh, find himself assassinated. Uh, I believe it was a KCIA agent, his, his so-called bodyguard. Funny how that works, these bodyguards, you know, taking 
these uh, committing the assassinations. Puck Tong Hee was his name. But, yeah, he made this deal, I guess, with Washington, a kind of quid pro quo approach, and uh, cracking down hard on pot, which up to that point, you know, you could smoke all the weed you wanted in Korea. But uh, uh, in return, what we've, what we've seen is the rise, the ascendancy of the, the pharmaceutical uh, drug industry. Yes. Big pharma, as it were, and the dumbing down, you know, mm. the, of, of the generations which have followed. People kept utterly ignorant and in the dark to the point where even on, on the Internet, YouTube, even a pot, like a cannabis documentary, you are, it says, you know, age restrictions apply. You must be 19 years or older. And all you have to do is just log in with your telephone. Let us know who you are. <laughs> you know, no, no conspiracy yep. here, folks, right? Uh, no, let's, just, let's know who you are. Why do you want to watch this video? And they have the most ridiculous type of videos censored. They got wrestling videos, history videos with respect to the war, let's say. It's like, oh, geez, you can't see that unless you're nine, you get 20 years old. You know, uh, and, and and so on and so forth. The most, you know, I was researching, uh, what was it, a topic dealing with uh, crypto Jews last, last night, as a matter of fact. I was following a link. We talked about the Saudis a little earlier, uh, just hit on this whole business, the the, the royal kingdom and the, the bloodline, the house of Saud, that uh, who have long said to be crypto Jews. No wonder they're so chummy with Israel mm. and also said to have been a uh, central player in the whole ISIS, the the, the straw man that they've, uh, you know, the proxy uh, military operation that they've uh, ha- long had operating in the Middle East. I don't know, Trump, w- where I stand on what he's been doing there exactly. It seems he's been doing some good things and making some right moves, and then other times not when it comes to ISIS, but uh, kind of mixed mixed report um but with respect yeah just going back because i want to finish this point as far as the weed is concerned not just censorship uh but uh you got the freedom loving democratic south here the rok as it's sometimes known republic of korea which uh then in in turn up in the north the dprk what's the what's the status of pot in north korea angel any idea probably fully legal yeah so how yeah. is that for ironic? No wonder Josh yeah. no wonder Josh is going to visit. Yeah, yeah. okay, he's he's happy over there. Are you kidding me? You know, and hey, one last thing, because and I followed that closely while that was un, uh, unfolding, and and Polly Shore once again, people want to go check out the chat he had with Joe Rogan. He said it right there, which really tipped me off. What was going on behind the scenes, even further mm-hmm. than what you could see with uh, when they came out marching into the. With the opening ceremonies with the Chungtang Olympics or from a couple of years ago. But uh, look, Dennis Rodman, Kim Jong-un, uh, Donald Trump, and Moon Jae-in, whose name, it's interesting, you look at that in Korea, in English, it translates as problem person. Moon Jae-in <laughs> literally means problem person. So you can just ima- and from, from some accounts, what I'm hearing he actually, you know, has, is. Has, is living up to his name. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's the old Hitlerian tactic where you just throw as much paperwork and bureaucracy at the citizens, at the people that you rule over as possible, keep them uh, running around busy filling out forms and 
you know, signing numbers and names to these official documents. But no, those four people, Moon Jae-in, Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un, and Dennis Rodman, I really do believe deserve a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and they were overlooked this past year, unfortunately, but who knows, maybe this go-round, there'll be more serious consideration given. And what, what is really most telling to me is why they, they have not, there's not been more talk of this. And I think it just kind of goes against the Nobel agenda, what they have, yep. whether it's the Dalai Lama, okay, Jimmy Carter, fine. I mean, Jesus, they even gave one to Henry Kissinger back in the day, didn't they? So, I mean, give me a break. But, oh, uh, you know who's going to get a, a Peace Prize uh, pretty soon, and, and I see it coming. I see it these, coming. These four, the, this, these four characters. Al- just Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, God, well, they have Obama. Obama, I mean, Trump, at least Trump is, has done something. Obama, they just they gave it to him for like, the big toothy grin, the million-dollar smile he had there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that looked just for looking so good. That's all he got. That's the only reason I can see. Well, you know, but at least, you know, Trump has actually tried to bring about some real substantive, uh, I don't know, did I finish this point earlier, make it clear? But, yeah, progressive, regressive. That's really what they're all about, these regressive commies. You know, they're commie regressives all too often, unfortunately. The radical end of the spectrum, if that's how you yep. want to see it. But, yeah, ironic that with weed, that in the South here, we're, we're languishing under this, this ridiculous prohibition and ridiculous uh, sentences, too. The law, it's, it's right over the top with jail sentences, ridiculous uh, amount of fines. I mean, for someone like myself, I'm sure probably you know threatened facing deportation uh it just it just goes on whereas at the same time you have people who are passed out in the streets um you know puking vomiting all over the place doing the most stupid things uh because we know what alcohol does when you when you drink too much that's fine though the government's more than happy to promote that and and cigarette tobacco sales no problem you go ahead and smoke (laughs) yourself to death uh, you don't use weed to, to, to get your cancer. We can't have that, of course. We want to actually just, we want to fuel your cancer and, and make you as sick as possible. Correct. So, uh, and, and the pharmaceuticals. Yeah, That's how they make their money. Yeah. Yeah, they make their don't money. touch that yeah. plant, though. God forbid. No. You know, it's funny because even in the Bible, and nothing to religious, but if you believe in the, in Jesus, you believe the, the, you know, he came back and, and after three days, if you read the Bible, remember he was cured with exotic oils. One very exotic oil that had a chemical that none other had on the planet. Gee, I wonder what that was. I don't know. What, was there any word or, or, or uh, name that uh, you can recall that was given? No, but it came from a plant that had a particular smell. Yeah, mm. well, cannabis. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. What do that indigenous, There's a lot. I mean, frankincense, gold, and myrrh were what was gifted to him. The three yep. wise men from the east during the, the occasion of his birth. You know, Christ is he's quite a figure. There's no doubt, and someone I've been long fascinated with. And I do have a theory that he was a Buddhist, actually, who. 18 missing years, folks. You know, what's yeah. up with that? Yeah. You know, no, no, I, I say, believe you know, it. They I, houses I, I believe dad, it. They have a little construction yeah. business on the side there. And, you know, so. No, he was off to India, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like, missing years, where is he going? So, yeah. There's a great um, documentary you should check out. I've ever seen it. It's called Ring of Power. And it, it talks about the missing years of Jesus and uh, how he... Um, and now this is, you know, 
it, it, it's obviously uh, not confirmed 100%, uh, but there is talk within the Buddhist, uh, you know, tradition of a man that came from the Mediterranean named Isu, and Isu translates to Jesus, and there's a whole connection, and Ring of Power, you guys have not seen it, Jeff, if you haven't seen it, YouTube it, it's on there, uh, the Jesus connection, it's uh, pretty well, you know, documented, and the way they connected that to who Jesus was, compared to the mythological Jesus, is pretty mind-blowing when you actually watch it, but there's definitely a Buddhist connection, and it has to do with the afterlife, the philosophies, uh, all this stuff that came directly from the Dalai Lama, supposedly who, at the time, uh, was teaching Jesus about, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, that, that end of things, I'm not so sure if I buy that, because the Dalai Lama... Two thousand years ago, did not even exist as far as. as well, as, maybe as I like, got the, the the person wrong. Maybe it wasn't Dalai Lama; was just the monk or whatever well, it was. But it was a teacher of the right. you know the, the 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 way of the Buddha, basically the Buddhist sure, afterlife well, and all that. It's been you know once again the age of the apocalypse. I didn't make this clear earlier, but all the word means. A lot of people get triggered, and you know all. Uh, Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, but the word it, it doesn't mean necessarily some some terrible. Uh, what, do I have to use that word again? End of days. <laughs> but uh, some major, uh, you know, uh, military conflict between the great powers. But no, an unveiling or a, a revealing, so that what mm. has been previously occulted, thank you, Jim Mars, has now suddenly, or maybe even gradually, been uh, more. There's a wider audience of people who are coming to understand you know the internet is very helpful for these things as well as just the field of archaeology which has come up against and discovered multiple anomalies and and things ancient sites of various civilizations communities um towns and so forth that existed all the the jewelry and various religious implements and weapons and you name it i mean there's so much to be said even here for in korea 2,000 mm. years ago, I know this is a good, maybe little anecdote thrown to the mix. We could go more into Christ, why I believe he was a Buddhist. Don't really have the time right now, but trust me, if you want to talk <laughs> about this at some point, we could do it. And I could give evidence, examples to show. I mean, for G- look at born again. Hello? Yeah. What do you think yeah. he's really talking yeah. Oh, well, are you born again? Like the way that these, the new age born again types have it, they don't quite get it, I don't think. Because there's two ways. You can be born again now in the moment. Or you can be born again after you die. <laughs> there's, there's, right. there's two ways of looking at it. So, I mean, come on. And the spin they give it is just makes me shake my head. But, all right, fine. Well, you can believe what, whatever you like, folks. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. No, there's, oh, okay, the kingdom of Gaia here in Korea. This is the last point I'll make. Just in brief, that there was an ancient, the king, the founder of the Gaia kingdom. I've been researching these areas, as you can probably imagine, including the, the linguistic connections, the etymology etymology, the root words of different, uh, well, there's just so much in the language of a old, ancient Korean, goes back quite some time, where you find the same words in English, or mm. or elsewhere, or Sanskrit, all three sometimes, Sanskrit, English, and Korean, the words are the same, what's up with that, but the kingdom of Gaia, the founder, 
uh, what was his name again? De- Kim Daewang, De- uh, Sejong, not Sejong Daewang. This is another, well, his name escapes me, unfortunately, but um, it'll come to Jaffe, you're second. speaking Korean to me right now. I have no idea what the name is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just for, forget about the king's actual name. People can look into it if they want. Gaia, it's called the Confederacy, actually. So the uh, academics have it. But he married, supposedly, a princess from India. So mm. we know what happens when these sort of international marriages take place. There's more trade. There's more yep. exchange of not just commerce, but also ideas, philosophy. She came with a, with a is, the, is the word retinue? Or just a, 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 there's a group of people who did accompany her, supposedly. And uh, you can... Imagine that, that you know they're bound to with the exchange of ideas and so forth. That there's that's that's a big deal. This ancient his uh, international marriages uh, is bound to have an impact in a reciprocal sense. So, and this is the time of Christ when this occurred, right around the time of Christ, right around the time where you find the emergence of Mahayana Buddhism, of which so much of what Christ was talking about is a, for me a, a reflection on various points that you know that's the exact same thing it's just that he got muddied his his message got muddied in the waters buddha what he said remained largely clear like i I use the analogy of two glasses of water with gold in each of them Mm. the buddha is the gold christ is the gold but the christ uh glass got muddied unfortunately so you couldn't quite see the gold it's a little bit because of politics and and the sanhedrin which uh, they're quite a they're quite an outfit too. Uh, people <laughs> haven't heard of them, but uh, I mean, I'm not one of these guys that says blame the Jews for the death of Christ. No, blame the Sanhedrin. They're just mm. the priest, priestly elite. That's that's all I'm. I, I really yep. think ought to be held accountable. But uh, I think that's about it. You know, we've uh, pretty much yeah run the run the course here and done a great job. And you know, I'm. The expression would you, is, uh, would you get to the point ahead. of uh, we're clearing the Jews for Jesus' murder? Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, we'll get this uh, anti-Semite. Don't don't even get me started on that whole term, the business anti-Semite. Don't get me. I'm not going to go there. Just, just if people want to find out more, though, you have to drop by the show. Check us out. We, you know, we're just uh, barely touching on a lot of this too. So we're always happy to uh, see new faces and personalities pop up. Any questions you have, of course. Pirate One Radio at protonmail.com or Pirate One Radio at gmail.com. We're always looking for new guests, new show ideas. We're booked up right now to about the middle of September, but sometimes nice. we're what's well, great, yeah, we're able to squeeze people into the way we have the format in place. The first hour of each Tuesday evening news uh, show, we sometimes are bringing people on for the first hour. Just if, if They've got a really kind of pressing, urgent story in particular, something that's happening in the moment and uh, warrants, you know, some picking up some further uh, exposure. That's that's really what we're doing this for. So, uh, and we're having a lot of fun as well. So, uh, we are apocaloptimists. At least I know I am. I think there's a few in the crew that are as well too. Apocaloptimists. We kind of look at things in a positive sense and uh, like to promote that that whole business and, and and project that kind of energy, frankly. That's that's what Jaffe and... That's what I love about you guys, man. That's what uh, keeps uh, you know me and, uh, interested in having you on here and 
And anytime you invited me over, I'm like, heck, heck yeah, I'll do it. I normally, uh, every time I get invited, I'm like, who the hell wants to talk to me? I'm just, you know, a monkey in the seat, you know, well, trying to ask some questions. Your, the round table, the round, we had you recently for that, the moon, the 50th anniversary round table. That reminds yep. me, I, I didn't mention with the, the scheduling we got coming up here next little while, 50th anniversary of the Manson murders, 50th anniversary yes. of Woodstock. We're going to be covering it all. Not sure who we're going to manage to pick up or fill into those slots as far as the round table is concerned or, or what have you. We might just uh, just take a freewheeling type approach and uh, open things up and have a just a you know, free-flowing conversation. There's a lot to reflect upon and talk about. But we had you for the, the Space uh, Apollo mission round table, and I thought that was great. Of course, you really got into it with uh, <laughs> Bob Homrich there, the two of you. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, who knows, he might end up, you know, I think you'd be a, another great guest for your show, and maybe you, uh, I think he had a podcast in place as well, too. So you guys could hopefully maybe hit it off on a little more positive note or, or way than what you'd imagine. He's well, you know, it, yeah, know, he is. But you know, it's funny, though. Uh, no, thank you for that, by the way. But you, you know what the funny thing is? We weren't that off in our ideology and what we were thinking. It was just uh, certain key points where we disagreed on, and that's what made the whole thing kind of heated for a second. Uh, but we're, we're not that far off with the way you know, we think of things. And, uh, no, I had a, a, a great time. And one thing I love listening to other people's points of views and, and hearing where they're coming from, uh, I think it helps me not only shape this show better, but it, it, I'm, I'm very open-minded about, you know, incorporating everybody's thought into uh, whatever it is that I'm covering or I think about covering in the future because I don't want to just be, you know, the kind of host on this show that is just my way of the highway. Uh, even though this is inside the shackles head, and it kind of is, uh, that way, but I, I try not to really be that way. And, uh, you know, on your show, I love that about that, that, you know, you let the, the guests say what they want to say. And, uh, unfortunately, there was a couple of the thing, little things that kind of, uh, heated the entire conversation for a minute. But no, he is a great guy, and, uh, I'd love to have him on, are you kidding? That'd be a, a great hour or two. Uh, talking about all kinds of things because uh, he, he does have legit, uh, you know, good points, and I'm not going to take the word from the guy just because you know we get a little heated. The art of talk, you know, I I think this is one of the things that Art Bell was aware of, yep. and how it's you know you don't invite guests to drop by and have a conversation with you so that you can um, you can have a heated exchange with these people whoever they are let them have the floor let them have their voice heard and you know come up with some questions that are hopefully going to press them in certain areas and and so that you can bring out the best of them really and leave it up to your audience what to make of it all that's my mm-hmm. way of looking at things yeah hey by the way i tried that with ray hernandez from the uh, group free didn't work out oh so my well. god that was a classic. I remember that. No, it didn't. It did. It, the show went down in flames. <laughs> oh my god! Talk about a dumpster fire. That was it right there. Uh, it, it was incredibly uh, awkward, and weird. Uh, it, it is, and, and honestly, and all the time I've been doing this, Jeffy, that is the first time that I've had an issue with the, a guest on the show, where literally they were like, you know what? Screw this. Click. It's never happened before. 
Well, uh, it hasn't happened since, but you maybe know, in the future. But that was mind blowing. You know what that leads into? It got me thinking immediately. Is the best of the jackal, where you go in and sample certain, just yeah, take you know, you different different uh, parts of different shows, and you put them together in, in what you would call the best of the jackal, and you know, and have the the Ray Hernandez, uh, whatever when things really got heated <laughs> there, of course, a few minutes, and I get he exited the door. And and other other examples too. So uh, definitely food for thought. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be uh, that would be a hell of a mixtape put out for the show. The best of the jackal. Finally, one. Best of the jackal's head. This is gonna be a whole lot of them. I'll tell you that much. Jeff, you're you're awesome, man. I love having you on. Give the website one more time for the audience to uh, go check out Showtimes. Uh, you know, give all that stuff out. I'm gonna give you the floor for uh, you know at least thirty seconds to a minute. To promote the heck out of uh, of your show, uh, and uh, and please don't be a stranger. I want you back inside the jackal's head very soon. You know, and one item we never touched on, of course, is how we met. We didn't go too much into my personal backstory either, which uh, you know we can maybe do another time. It would be Definitely. if we did it now. It'd be a question of putting the putting the uh, uh, the cart in in front of the horse. So I'm not even going to bother, but. Uh, Bill and Nancy Burns, Future Theater Radio. I that's the first place I heard you. I was a big fan of their show and listened to as many of the the talks that they put together as possible. What a wealth of knowledge that managed to provide. Very much uh you know, in debt and, and gratitude to the work that they and yourself as well, of course, that all together had produced over the, the couple of years the show was in place. Uh but as far as Websites go, yeah, WPRPN.com. The, uh, and sign up. The sign up is free. Just all you have to do is enter your email, choose a username. Uh, you'll have a temporary password set to you, which you can then reset. Uh, it's pretty straightforward and, and hopefully seamless. If there's any problems, be sure to get back to us at PirateOneRadio at either gmail.com or PirateOneRadio at ProtonMail.com. Showtimes are 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 out on the East Coast. That's 12 p.m. noon here in Tokyo and Seoul uh, on, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. In the West, it's Tuesdays and Fridays, to, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 out on the East Coast. Tuesdays, we have the news. It's a marathon event, really. Of course, sometimes even more than three hours is the way things go. We've got so much to cover and uh you know we feel that it's it's really our our duty that we feel obligated to as far as helping to uh address the the various issues of the day and and see what sort of uh response we can you know elicit uh on behalf of the public uh but uh friday night feature shows where we just try to uh come up with and book a guest person who's going to be Somewhat a little bit off the beaten track. Usually somebody that's, an, once again, up-and-coming, unknown voice or personality with stories hopefully most have yet to hear. At the same time, about once a month, we try to book a more well-known, more recognizable name. And uh, that's the extent of things. We're working against merchandise off the ground. If there's anybody out there that would like to help out on that front, by all means, contact us. We're always looking for help over on minds.com few groups that we help to moderate uh, we have friends that are looking for help on that front uh as we are ourselves and 
it's, we're building a network here. If people check out the FAQ page we have in place. I think you'd be quite surprised. Uh, and there's only one direction we can take things from here, and that's that's up, of course. So thanks uh, very much, Angel. It's been a blast, and uh, you know maybe we can do this some other time and and take the conversation in a few different directions. You're awesome. <laughs>